You're listening to the Brandon Bishop Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Holy crap, are we doing this stuff again? Who said, Brandon Bishop, we missed you so much over the last seven months. Your silly little podcast that you gotta come back and do some more. Who said that? I don't think anybody said that. Oh, man. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a different world. I'm a different human than I was seven years ago. Uh, and this is going to be a different kind of podcast. I promise you that. Here's the reason I stopped. A, since we're going to outline this nicely, A, I got busy. Aside TV, uh, we started doing stuff. And when I mean stuff, I mean traveling to every corner of this country. Uh, we've launched shows with some of the most uh, awesome people uh, on the face of this country. And it, it's not slowing down anytime soon. Um, funny enough with all the COVID stuff, which we're going to get into later, it's, uh, it didn't slow us down. If anything, we sped up and, uh, we're grateful for having the opportunity to have sped up. And I know a lot of people are hurting. We're still hurting. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, uh, yeah, things got busy and two, uh, or I'm sorry, B in the outline, I listened back to a couple of the podcasts that we had done seven months ago. We did them for... I mean, what, we had like 40 episodes or something like that. And I know you were listening, and I know the kind of things that you were liking to listen to, but I didn't enjoy them. I didn't. It was all very, very negative. A lot of me just screaming and yelling and bitching and complaining and, you know, calling people out. And it's like, is there not enough negativity in the world at the moment? Is there not a global pandemic, a trendy virus, uh, civil unrest, uh, an election that's still lingering around? Isn't this is all very negative crap? And I was seem I, I just felt like I was adding to the negativity. So, on behalf of myself, I apologize about that, and I apologize to myself for putting that out there into the universe and. I don't want to be that guy anymore. Um, will I bitch about stuff? Absolutely, because I'm really good at it. And a lot of things piss me off, but I'm not going to focus on that thing. On this new Brandon Bishop podcast, we're not going to talk, uh, we're not going to have a main story where it's just me bitching and bitching and moaning and stuff. And it's just not, it's not healthy. I remember like hanging up the headphones after recording an episode, just being like, ugh. Just want to lay down and eat a block of cheese or something. Like, I, I was not a happy person, and it's kind of funny that. Um, I mean, none of us are happy. <laughs> we can convince ourselves that we are, but we're not. Um, we have happy moments, but none of us are completely fulfilled and content. If we were, then that's time to die. <laughs> if you've done everything you need to do and you're completely content and there's nothing to look forward to, then die. You know, it's not, that's, that's called getting busy dying instead of getting busy living. And um, we lived a lot this uh, spring, summer, fall, and even into the winter. And it's like I said, it's not slowing down anytime soon. Um, 
I will start off on a negative note and a negative note because I did start off my day on a negative note. I was having a dream. And ever since I started taking here, here's the thing. I don't smoke weed. I don't really do, you know, CBD stuff, but I have been taking these CBD things, these little uh, gummy things, and I go right to sleep at night. It's amazing. I never thought that I'd be able to just go to sleep, but I have, and it's been wonderful. So I don't care what's in there. There could be horse shit in these things, and I'm going to eat them because they put me out, and I wake up refreshed and ready to go, and I'm happy, and I'm productive, and it's, is it due to these little gummies? Is it a mental thing? Am I being, is it snake oil? Am I falling for it? Possibly. Who gives a damn? I'm sleeping at night. So anyways, I had a dream, and for all you, you know, you Trump supporters, whatever, I don't care. Do what you got to do. I mean, he lost the election. It's whatever. You guys can just keep doing and being angry. I'm not buying into that shit anymore. But I did have a Donald Trump dream last night. No, it wasn't sexual whatsoever. But it was... <laughs> now, now, now that I'm thinking about this dream, I don't really want to talk about it. But I'm going to because I've already set it up and I don't feel like stopping, rewinding, cutting this out and starting over. I don't want to do that. So <clears throat> here we go. I was in a very large house, possibly the White House. I've never been in the White House. I don't know what it looks like on the inside, but I was in a very nice house. In a bathroom, which was connected to a bedroom. Now, it was a very nice bedroom, huge bed. And for some reason, there was no door or anything that led from the bed to the toilet area. It was just literally there. And to make things even weirder... There were four toilets in this little area. And yes, my cat is with me and she will meow all the way through this because I'm talking to you and not paying attention to her. But don't let me get sidetracked, you little furry bitch. I need to talk, talk about this dream, get it over with, and get it out there, like I said, into the universe so you cannot unhear this from now on. So I'm taking a shit in Donald Trump's bedroom. This is a dream, not real, okay? This didn't really happen. I don't think we'd get along enough for me to use his restroom, but... Uh, I'm taking a shit in one of the toilets, in one of the four toilets, and two were facing this way and the other two were facing that way. No idea why. Okay, so I'm taking a dump. Here I am in Donald Trump's toilet in whatever this big house was. No door headed to the bedroom. I'm trying to give you a visual here so you can, uh, you're going to want to stop getting a visual in a minute. Uh, so I knew in my head that I was not supposed to be using this restroom. I knew that. But I was still doing it because I had to go. I, it was a very diuretic type of thing. And uh, it was not a pleasant experience on the toilet. Uh, I don't want to get into texture, but it wasn't thick. Um, <laughs> I can hear you all turning off the the podcast already. And just like, dude, come on. I just had coffee. Why are you talking about this? Let me continue. Here we go. This is actually a very good show. This is probably the best podcast we've ever done. We've got interviews with Stephen Piercy from Rat. We've got interviews with Heath Miller from Impact Wrestling. Uh, all kinds of new segments and fun stuff. And I'm excited to get past this story. So, okay, stop getting sidetracked. Here we go. So I had an accident. <clears throat> And uh, I don't know if there was no toilet paper. I'm forgetting small details. I don't know if there was no toilet paper or if the um, I just got it everywhere. I don't know. But next thing you know, I'm, I'm using a pillow, like a pillow cover, to 
wipe my posterior. Oh, God, why am I talking about? I, I, I put it down. I thought, oh, that'll be funny to talk about on the podcast. Now I'm just regretting this whole decision. Anyways, so needless to say, the pillowcase is disgusting and ruined. And I'm looking around. For some reason, also, the door to the bedroom slash bathroom is wide open. So I keep looking that way to see if anybody's watching me. And I'm continuously, and I can't get it clean. I just can't get up all the duke. I, I, it's just terrible. This is like awful, just, ugh. And it's very vivid. The, the, I'm looking at the, the uh, bed sheet, and it's disgusting, and it's just wet, and just, for some reason it was cold. And it just, it's so vivid. And if this is what CBD does to me, then awesome about the sleep part, but come on, give me a little bit better dreams than this. I don't, this could be considered a nightmare, to be honest with you. I've shit myself in the president's bathroom. Okay. Um, there's no ending to the dream. I just remember panicking, a lot of panic. And then I woke up. Now, this is where the big swerve happens, and you can't write this stuff. I woke up. To find out that my cat that's meowing in the background right now threw up in my bed. Mm-hmm. This is this morning, by the way. Threw up in my bed. Uh, it's just liquidy and cold and cat food in there and just little, just, it's cat puke, okay? It's fresh cat puke. And she threw up on the pillow next to me. So I rolled over into this cat puke while I'm having a dream of taking a shit and getting crap all over me uh, in Donald Trump's... Can somebody explain this to me? Is there like one of those dream readers out there that just explain uh, what dreams are about? I want to know what this one's about. I want to know where this is coming from. I do my best to be a good person. I like to honor my word. I try to be a great father. Why did I deserve this dream? Anybody out there can just maybe put it in the whatever comment or whatever. Just find me on Facebook. There's a picture of me coming out of a giant bowl of Captain Crunch. Brandon Bishop, it's right there. <sighs> Anyways, I started a new diet. Um, I'm, it's a lifelong struggle with weight. But I found one that's kind of working for me. I've lost 11 pounds in the last six days. That's really good. And I've done this before with different diets, but I've starved myself and I've uh, killed myself and it was dumb. Uh, this has so far not been dumb. I'm only eating kind of whatever I want, to be honest with you, between 3 p.m. and between 7 p.m. Yes, I got a four-hour window there where I can not go crazy, try to keep it somewhat keto-ish, get enough protein in, try to get around you know 1,200 to 1,500 calories and, but that's it. The rest of the day is fasting and, you know, digesting and drinking water. I have a coffee when I wake up, and that's really about the only other thing that goes inside of my face, it, then through my body and then out my butt. Um, it's been working pretty good. You know, I started off at 275 pounds uh, a week ago, and I hit 259 this morning. And when that second number keeps going down, that really gets you excited. So I'm excited about that. I mean, I literally just ate... Uh, I'm not starving. I just made tacos, chicken tacos, which I honestly, I, I chopped up some fresh jalapenos 
and I forgot to wash my hands afterwards, and I just rubbed my eye. So now there's that. <laughs> it's, it's one of those days where it's like you wake up with a dream where you think you're covered in shit, but you're actually, you know, even better, covered in cat vomit. And now I'm burning my right eye out of its socket. And um, But I can't complain because... This podcast is going to be fantastic. I'm so excited about this freaking podcast. Uh, now that I got the, that story out of the way, uh, literally, Stephen, Stephen Piercy from Rat is who I'm talking to today. Now, in the business world, because we do have some business coming up, we're going to be filming some stuff out there in L.A., you never, ever, ever want to be a fanboy. <laughs> you don't want to be. You want to be, you know, on even keel. You want to just, you know, be respectful in a business manner. And uh, that's how you're supposed to act. But I swear to you, I was that kid across my chest on my T-shirt said R-A-T-T. All of their shirts, all of their albums. I remember when the You're In Love video came out from the Invasion of Your Privacy album where I didn't even know at that point you could that bands kept producing items you know, albums I was young I didn't know and then oh my god there's a whole new rat album I got out of the cellar was my, my my gospel there for a while and now there's a new album I remember that video came on MTV and I'm jumping up and down on my couch in Gibraltar Michigan going crazy <sighs> and I just literally uh we, you know we we pretty much inked a deal to tell his life story on a side TV and uh Wow, awesome killer. It's and not to mention all the different wrestlers we worked with. Uh Heath, uh he was Heath Slater in WWE's Heath Miller in real life. They call him Heath on Impact Wrestling. Uh got to meet him through the Talking Shop of Mania filmings, which you don't even know about if you only listen to this podcast. So it's so much craziness has been going on, man, and it's uh exciting. It's an exciting time. And uh it's about time. It's really about time. So um, anyways, we're going to keep a couple of the old segments that we used to do on this podcast. And uh, let's get to it, man. Let's start off with the headlines. It's time for the headlines, baby. Let's get funky. All right. I'm going to... I looked through the headlines just now real quick while my buddy Vinny did that sound bite for me. You know, um, <laughs> when you look at the headlines, it's all COVID. It's all it is. COVID, COVID, COVID. And things have changed a lot since the last time we did a podcast. I remember saying things to you like, I don't buy it. I remember saying things to you like, it's overblown. I remember saying things to you like, it could quite possibly be the world's biggest masquerade, the world's biggest pile of bullshit like delivered to you through the media. At that point, and for several months after, I didn't know anybody who had it. Did I wear a mask? Yes, I did. Did I wash my hands with hand sanitizer, soap, and warm water? Yes, I did. I've always done that. I've always been a germaphobe. Do I like being within six feet of people? No, not, not especially. Not even people I like. I don't, I'm just not a touchy-feely kind of be up close kind of guy. But, you know, I did all those things as well because we, like I said before, we all have to just in case this thing. And, uh, but now it's, it's different now. Um, I've lost friends. Some close. I've lost, uh, you know, I, I 
I'm not going to drop their names because I'm sure that's not how they want to be remembered, but you know, some really good, good people that helped me along the way here in this whole little thing we call life. And, um, I, you know, I'm, it's, it's real. Now I've also said in the past that, wow, the flu numbers have completely plummeted. Like they, here's, here's how they make a flu vaccine. Okay. It's done by hemispheres. I found this out recently, too, when I got my COVID test. A doctor told me this, so I'm not pulling this out of my ass and throwing it through the speaker. I'm, this is something I actually heard and actually from several doctors because I've had several tests and I've asked several friends that are also doctors and in the medical field. The flu vaccine is created by hemispheres. The, previous, the, the hemisphere before that hemisphere before that hemisphere tells the next hemisphere what kind of flu strand it's going to be. And that's how they prepare with whatever kind of virus uh, vaccine they're going to produce for it. They stop doing that. They're not doing that right now. Nobody talks about this because it's not a hot topic. It's not scary. It's not, you know, out. It's not fear mongering. So none of the news are, are going to tell you any of this stuff. But it's true. Look it up. Research it. I'm, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But it's just uh, a little weird that they stop doing that. Also, regular flu deaths have plummeted. They're not even registrable anymore. It's all being attributed to COVID. And you're talking about 80,000 deaths to 120,000 deaths in America alone every single year for decades, just from the common flu. Not to mention lung infections and lung issues and stuff like that and respiratory issues. Um, and all of those deaths have been contributed towards COVID. So is there a, is there a a raising of the numbers and uh, things being attributed to other things, I guarantee it. Absolutely, I guarantee it. My friend died of pneumonia. Down, she lives literally down the hallway, and they added COVID at the end of it. It's really weird. She died of pneumonia and COVID. I think she died of pneumonia. But do I think COVID's fake? I don't anymore. I don't think it's fake. I, I, I don't even have a question mark in my head anymore. Do I think it's a global pandemic? I do. Do I know how it started? I don't. Is it because somebody ate a bat? I have no idea. Stop eating bats just for obvious reasons. They're fuzzy and gross. Don't, they're cute, but don't eat them. Don't eat bats and rats and, and bugs and shit. Stop that shit. But I'm just, I'm just saying, it's, I, I don't know any more than you do, and I don't think many people know much more than we do. So... It's sad. I hate losing friends. I'm at that age now. I'm 47 where it's just more of a common thing. Our friends, our idols, our, you know, our legends, our, our, the things that we like go away and it sucks. But I'm hoping, you know, there's people out there that I've also heard great things about this vaccine. And um, let's hope it, it's a thing. Personally, I have another theory. I am typo negative blood. My son is typo negative blood. Um, my daughter, who I'm going to talk about a little bit, is typo negative blood. A lot of the people that I know that I travel with are type O negative blood. And we've been all over the, uh, literally, 50 cities, packed airports, trains, uh, Ubers, I mean, packed stores, just going to Target is always packed. It, it's I think that typo negative blood is more resistant. I have looked it up and they're actually, there are stories about it. So maybe I'm one of the lucky ones. Maybe you're one of the lucky ones if you're typo negative, but it's, I, I, it has to have something to do with your blood because that's where the virus resides. But 
I, I truly think that I can't, I'm not going to say can't because I'll jinx myself, but I think I'm more resistant to it uh, than any other blood types and people that have my blood type are as well. So there's that. And that's something else that people don't talk about. So let's talk about it here. And um, that's it, though. That's the headlines. It's all COVID, COVID, COVID. Trump's mad at the election. COVID, COVID, COVID. Trump's mad at the election. Guess what? Trump supporters. Let me let me reason with you real quick, okay? I'm not going to say anything bad to you. I'm not. It sucks to lose. But that's exactly what happened. A lot of you have children, okay, that, you know, maybe they'll lose a, a baseball game. Maybe they'll lose a football game. Maybe they'll lose at a video game. Whatever. What kind of example are you setting for them right now? What kind of example is this president and his administration setting for our kids? You lost. It's not the end of the world for you. You guys are millionaires and billionaires. Go off and start a news network. Go off and start a reality show called The Trumps. I I don't care what you do. Just get the hell out of the freaking White House. We had to put up with your garbage for four years, and you sucked at the job. Guess what? We're going to try this other old man, and there's a very good chance that he'll suck at the job as well. But we're going to try this one for four years. And you know what? In four years after that, we're probably going to try somebody else because the guy will be 82 years old. Maybe Kamala Harris. Maybe uh, Andrew Yang, who I will vote for any day of the week. I love Andrew Yang. we got to have him on the show. That's, that's got to happen. I actually have a lead-in now. So either it's going to be on a side TV or uh, we're going to do here on a podcast or both. Uh, we're definitely going to get Andrew Yang uh, on some kind of tape <laughs> real soon. I'm excited about that. Anyways, uh, that's really about it for the headlines. It's just COVID and angry Trump. COVID and angry Trump. And they keep saying we're having record new uh, deaths in this country and record new contractions in this country. People, listen to me. It's the just-in-case rule. Are you really that ignorant where you can't just put a goddamn mask on your face when you go to the store? That you can't just kind of, you know, I understand if you're a business person and you're losing your ass. I am too. I get it. I get it. I've seen my friends' restaurants closing left and right and my friends' little shops closing left and right. And it's sad, man. But you know what else is even worse? How about we all finally, you know, we all love those Walking Dead shows and those zombie movies and all those end of the world apocalyptic films. We love that stuff, don't you? I know I do. We love it. Well, guess what? If this thing's legit and it very well could be, you might be living in one of those movies sooner than you think. So think about that. Put on a mask, wash your hands, be respectful. Just in case. It's a side TV news. Get it on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or at SideTV.com. Only $5 a month. Yeah, 17 cents a day. Quit being so damn cheap and subscribe already. Ah. Thank you so much, Satan, for uh, the plug. Whoa. That's some serious music. I'm going to let that simmer for a second. Here it goes. De crescendo. Anyways, uh, thank you, Satan, for the uh, plug there. 
Uh, this is a new segment called Asai TV News. If you don't know what Asai TV is, let me explain it to you real quick. You've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got HBO Max, you've got Disney Plus, you've got The Peacock, you've got all of these different streaming television platforms, and you pay how much a month for it? Probably all together quite a bit. Well, I want five more dollars of your uh, hard-earned money every single month and get Asai TV. Yes, it's only 17 cents a day. You've got the rest. Now get Asai TV all Shows that we produced hundreds and hundreds, I think just like 800 hours of all original commercial free televised entertainment that we film and produce ourselves. There's nothing like it on planet Earth. Trust me, we've looked. Yeah, it's called Asai TV, spelled A S Y. TV. You can get it on Roku, just like Satan said. You can get it on Amazon uh, Fire, uh, the little streaming devices, and you can get it on Apple TV, as well as ASYTV.com, ASYTV.com. And guess what, people? It's only 17 cents a day, five bucks a month. Less than that cup of Starbucks coffee that you probably had this morning. Less than that delicious breakfast burrito that you've been thinking about all morning. You can get it. Yes, there's so many good shows on there. And uh, before I get into the lineup, we actually lost. Oh, I hate talking about this stuff. We actually lost one of our... Oh, God, man. Uh, this sucks. I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm just sick of it, man. Um, Puppet, the Psycho Dwarf, real name, Stephen, uh, Steve Lee. Man, cool guy, bullheaded businessman, loved interacting, loved his stuff. Uh, we got a show on there right now called the Lockdown Living Room Comedy Show, and it's he was hosting it and featuring other comics, you know, doing their routines from home. Uh, we're still going to go with the show with uh, Terry, his uh, producer. He's going to keep the show going in his honor. We're definitely going to keep the show on the network. Uh, if you want to watch Asai TV and you want to sign up and subscribe, like I said, it's only five bucks. If you want to support his show, use the code Puppet Dwarf. Puppet Dwarf. Excuse me, and uh, yeah, we can uh, you know keep his uh, keep his stuff going, but he, I, I don't know how he passed away. It doesn't matter; he's gone. Uh, but we've been working together for years. Uh, he used to be with the Half Pint Brawlers. That was his gimmick. Had a show on uh, one of those networks, A and E or something like that, and that's how I met him because he used to rent my wrestling ring from me uh, whenever they did shows in Colorado. So. Um, yeah, I got a lot of stories about, you know, hanging out with a drunk uh, psycho dwarf and <laughs> just an awesome guy, man. Um, I'm going to miss his voice. He's got a, just that ah, 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 this, that old grizzled voice that uh, set him apart. He was doing a lot of good things and uh, we didn't always, uh, you know, we weren't the best of friends by any means. But we uh, definitely got along, and we did some uh, we did some business together. And he's still on the network, so uh, rest in peace, uh, Steve. We uh, definitely gonna miss you. <sighs> but anyways, um, happier news. We like I said, we've been on the road, man. We have been on the road. I'm trying to think of just blurting off some cities for you, but it would literally take way too long. And uh, we've been filming in Seattle with the Moto Vixen show with Carol Carpenter up there. We've been filming a lot. Uh, you may know him as Luke Gallows in WWE. You may know him as Doc Gallows, the big LG in Impact Wrestling. Uh, he's a legend in New Japan. It, it's his, He's Drew Hankinson is his real name. And we've been filming the Good Brother with the big LG and family show. That's just... Uh, 
it's been a, a literally a roller coaster ride from the craziness to the craziness to the sweet family stuff that we did. We've interviewed. We've, his whole life is on a side TV right now. That whole period between getting fired from WWE because of COVID to what's happening next. We're not done yet by any means. We also filmed the two talking shop of mania behind the scenes documentaries, which are almost two hours a piece. I mean, we have a ton of, you know, the big LG on this network. And like I said, it's not slowing up anytime soon. We, we got talks about going to Japan when they return there, when we're allowed to. We've got talks about doing stuff with Impact Wrestling. I mean, it's literally, wow. And you'll follow a lot of the breadcrumbs. I reached out to him, and we talked, we made it happen. But now we're getting shows with, like, uh, we just filmed two more episodes of The Bennett's. Mike and Maria Bennett, more wrestling. And here's the thing. I never meant for this to be a wrestling a pro wrestling network whatsoever. This is not the WWE network. This is not impact plus. This was never meant to be anything like that, but it is, <laughs> it just is. We got, like I said, the Bennett's Mike and Maria Bennett. We just filmed uh, two more episodes uh, in Illinois with them. And it just, a beautiful family and that's really what it's about it's about their family it's about their their career and the trajectory that they're on and um it's just one of those things while you're filming it you're going wow this is something really special and now that i've gotten uh one of those two episodes done and it's airing right now on a side tv you just watch it back and go wow that's that's uh, you know I, I helped make that i'm telling your story there's a lot of trust that these people go on uh, that these people give you to tell their life story. I mean, their kids are in this thing. It's a it's a scrapbook. Same with the the Big LG, the Good Brothers show. It's just a, it's a scrapbook that they'll have forever, and that you can join in, and you'll have it forever, and you can learn all this new stuff about these awesome people. We just got back from Tampa filming with Eva Lee, who's now uh, in All Elite Wrestling AEW. The first time we filmed her was here in uh, Denver. And she was kind of at a crossroads in her career. She didn't really know where she was going or what she was doing. She was a little bitter, and I can't blame her. But um, she's with All Elite Wrestling now. We're still doing the show. So I have wrestlers in Impact. I have wrestlers in, in uh, All Elite Wrestling. I have wrestlers that work for Ring of Honor now. I've got wrestlers that are, uh, holy crap, everybody but WWE. And maybe they'll come around soon as well. Um, we got shows coming up uh, while I was filming the Moto Vixen show with Carol up in uh, Washington State. We met Reggie Walker. He was a guest on her show, and we're getting ready to go do some stuff with him. Uh, my son just released a new show, uh, the BB Oxmauser show, which is his gamer handle and the name of his TV show on SI TV. We just got done filming uh, you know, him doing a golfing episode. So the content is constantly being uploaded. We just added Ohio Valley Wrestling, the legendary OVW, the promotion, the training grounds, the, the, the proving grounds where John Cena and Batista and Randy Orton and Sheldon Benjamin and Brock Lesnar and Beth Phoenix and you name it, you name it, you name it, you name it. They all came from OVW. That's where they learned the ropes. And... You know, Al Snow and I talked, and next thing you know, OVW's on a side TV. So we're going to be getting their weekly show as well. These are exciting-ass times for a side TV, but um, it's it's a lot of work. It's been a lot of work, and uh, it's cost, you know, everything you got. You put everything into it. You got to, I don't know how not to live this dream anymore. So everything has to go into it. And if you're a subscriber, then I appreciate you. 
I really, I honestly appreciate you. If you're not, then I'm about to appreciate you because your ass is going to subscribe by the end of this podcast. ASYTV.com, also available on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. <sighs> Check it out, man. Not to mention all the classic TV stuff that we have on there. Not to mention all the, like, like what do you call it, grassroot level shows that we have, like A Call to Adventure or my show, Go There, Eat That. I also have a show called um, One Nation Under Pop. And I know I've talked about my Funko Pop collection seven months ago when I had maybe $1,000 worth. That collection has grown up <laughs> oh, to about $17,000 right now. Yes, I know. It's a problem now. I have no free wall space in my office area here. Any, there's just, they're everywhere. They are freaking everywhere, and I still love them, and I think they're awesome, and I'm excited to get more and more and more and more and more and more, more. But it's getting crazy, so... <laughs> We will talk about that possibly a little bit later, but I don't want to ramble on too much longer because, man, I told you, biggest rat fan you could ever find back in when rat was at their heyday. And you know what? They're, they're getting into another heyday. And, you know, maybe there's some new rat stuff coming out soon. But the person who put all this stuff together ever since Mickey Rat was Stephen Piercy, the voice of Rat, and the voice of the Stephen Piercy band, and just, you know what, man? <laughs> I have to fanboy over this stuff. I have to, because absolutely love this guy, and it's a true honor, not only just to have him on the podcast, but a true honor to uh, get ready to tell his life story and uh, past, present, and future. So here he is. All right, Mr. Piercy, how the heck are you doing, sir? I'm doing just fine. Yes, I heard uh, you've had a couple rough days going on with uh, with a surgery or something like that. Not sure if you want to talk about that or not, but... Oh, no, I had just a cracked tooth that was uh, inevitably going to snap, and it pretty much did. And it was perfect timing because I'm not, uh, well, obviously not doing anything out there visually, so... Get, it, get that taken care of. It's just a minor uh, setback. I think my dog had it a little worse. He had it, he's had his manlyhood chopped down. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so you're both suffering a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yesterday. He's got it a little worse. <laughs> Happy holidays, doggo. <laughs> yeah, right. So what we, is I, this for? I don't know. <laughs> right. I reached out to you recently uh, because I've been a longtime fan of yours and, uh, of course, Rat and everything. And uh, we kind of found some common ground about possibly doing a, a little TV show together. I'm super excited about it. Good chance to come back to L.A. And uh, tell me, uh, what, what do we have in mind? What are we getting ourselves into right here? Well, geez, um, I've... What's happening now is everything's a, a more of a visual out of a box or out of a screen or out of a cell or a phone. Uh, that's where we're headed, I think, until we figure out, you know, how to put a bunch of people together. Shouldn't be difficult. We, we do it for everything else. We put a bunch of people together for all these uh, protests and everything. <laughs> let's, right. get a, let's get the concert protest going. That's definitely something to uh, riot over is no live music, no nothing going on as far as creative. But it kind of forces you to be a little creative, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. If, if you have that in you and you go that route, sure. I mean, I do because that's what, that's what I do anyway. 
you know, is constantly write and and record in every which way I can. There's a cassette recorder. I'm recording, you know. Uh, so it's all good here. You know, it, it didn't change much in my world because I was on track with a solo record uh, trying to find out what uh, Rad is going to be doing and not doing this year, 2021. Um, so it, it's it's... The time off is good for me. Talk about that for a second, because we come from a, literally a different world as far as technology goes and all that. There was no social media. There was no Internet. There was no any of that stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm from the generation right after yours, and I remember going to the copy store, you know, cutting out pictures and printing flyers. And uh, I mean, talk about the difference between rat like in the eighties and rat now or not rat, but you yourself in general, sure. uh, just promotions and all the tools you have now and what it would have been like back then. If there was a Facebook, could you imagine that? Uh, I don't, I think it would be the worst thing to ever happen to a <laughs> lot of people, <laughs> whether it's Facebook or what was the other one called back then? MySpace, right? Or, Yeah, MySpace. There's been a few. There's, I don't know. Yeah, so I think it would have been terrible. I think it happened just in time, and it it, it happened just in time for many reasons. It had to happen, technology. And number two, uh, I wish these people, labels, knew what to do when it was, you know, thrown at them. Hey, there's this new thing going around years ago. Uh, that would have helped, but the difference is exactly that you're not doing flyers, you're doing stuff on the internet which reaches millions, thousands, hundreds immediately. That's the benefit, but there's no guarantee because I feel I really feel for some of these new artists because a lot of them uh, will never see their gold and platinum records and the tours that we used to do and, and everything's like a whole new world, you know? And it's almost shameful that a lot of these great new bands can't even experience that or never will, you know? Their trip is, oh, you've got a million streams, you know? Because <laughs> we get it too and we're like, okay, now what does this mean? Okay, uh, if there's a dollar sign on it, it's all good, you know? It's, we're, 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 we're jaded, you know? <laughs> What would the we're, we're 35 years later I accept <laughs> I accept the uh, uh, what do they call it uh, uh, classic rock now whatever they call us okay. uh, not classic is that what they would call us right now besides hair metal and stuff like that oh uh, you hear it all hair metal classic rock it's it's, it's, it's it's weird for me to hear like you know rap classic rock I'm like what the yeah, come on. Yeah, well, like, it's okay. Some people accept it, and some people fight it. We accept it over here. Well, it is classic. Yeah. I mean, it's classic in my book. I mean, it's it is, it is. It actually is, and and you embrace it, and you win or you don't, and you lose because that's just the way it is, you know. And and then what we have on top of everything else, as everything was going really groovy, and we're figuring out all this internet this and that and concerts then all of a sudden this happens this COVID thing and and we're thrown into a whole new life of business you know it is a business you gotta play shows you gotta do this you gotta do that try and make, try and make records uh, but everything's changed 
And you're getting ready to do some online concert type stuff. Going back to the technology deal, can you imagine the Sunset Strip, let's say 1986, with everybody having a cell phone and a camera in their pocket? Oh, my God. That would just, it would be (laughs) dreadful. There would be signs. Everybody getting divorced, uh, have like all this wacky ass shit going on. I remember when the cameras first started happening, you know, those big old things you put on your shoulder, the VHS, and that was portable. Remember those guys? Uh, yeah, I collect well, them. I got had, a couple. <laughs> yeah, we had those on the road or a couple of the guys and, you know, filming those. And then you would have people come on the bus and you see that light and go, can you turn that light off? You know, <laughs> uh, They tried many ways to get the poop after the fact, but I kind of dug that you had to pull over, you know, to the diner, to the gas station to make the important phone call. And then you had to get that wonderful fax going, you know. (laughs) Don't mention GPS. I imagine being on the road all those years. Yeah, without a GPS, right? It's called the uh, Atlas. What was that called? Uh, Yeah, the big Atlas. with The the big Atlas thing. Where are we going? I don't know. Ask somebody. And you have a magnifying glass in your glove compartment because you can't see the little lines. It's yeah, but those are the good days. They really were, though. They really were. Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, now it's just a bunch of chaos created to make more chaos. But you know, if you can find find ways around it and on top of it, and you know, that's where we're at over here. That's what we intend to do. I intend to. We're going to. do a first in a series, I hope, of concerts with, uh, uh, right now we're tentatively going with streaming for vengeance, <laughs> streaming for vengeance, <laughs> and it's just a live Stephen Piercy and friends, get a bunch of guys together, and I'm going to have a, a concert, and kind of do it another way, uh, you know, and then the standard norm, instead of just getting up there and playing a show, I want to do something a lot different, you know, a lot more bang for the buck. So that's what we intend on doing. It'll probably be shot uh, sometime next month. And you and I will go through this uh, also. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's ways to get out and get around. Shows are starting to happen. You know, for Rat, uh, I think we're looking uh, – uh, because we had that big rock summer tour going down, we might have some dates that are still being held. So those will be honored. And if Kiss is going to do the cruise, I'm sure we'll honor that at the end of the year. Um, but that's it. Other than that, I'm getting ready to gear up to do the sixth solo record. And uh, it's going to be insane, quite different. And looking forward to it. And then getting this concert series of kicking the ass and getting out there gotcha i really am excited about uh, being able to tell your story i mean uh, what we do is we're kind of the people that are going to be there the fly in the wall while all of these things are happening and Mm -hmm. i want people to know you i want people to know your family where you came from where you are where you're going it's uh it's really exciting and like i've said many times it takes a lot of trust to uh, say, here's my life story, go ahead and tell it. So I appreciate that as well. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting out to L.A. It's going to be an endeavor. We, what, what also you and I will be introducing everybody with in your program is something different, too. 
if I'm correct. And and we're going to make it different, colorful, exciting, dangerous, everything it was when I got into this mess. When I put that first foot forward coming here, all hell broke loose, you know. So the story will be told, and, and it should be done in, in the, uh, the only way I could with me. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me where to and point the camera at. And then after the fact, everybody else can have at it, you know. But right now, at least... We're going to address it in the way we see it. So it is going to be exciting. But you're also producing some other uh, TV content type shows and stuff like that that you mentioned last time we talked. Yes, yeah, and and been doing it for years and years. It's just I'm just not, uh, and you know I've done the guest acting things here and there. Besides songs everywhere and in movies and this, I still have them going. I got something in. Uh, uh, young Sheldon coming up, some Mickey Rat music, and uh, you know a shirt and Grey's Anatomy and you know Rat, uh, doing what we can. And the, and the big commercial that put you back on the charts. Yeah, right. well, the Geico sure as hell did that. That was brilliant. I, I got to know the the, the behind the scenes on that. Did, is there just a Rat fan that's working for that ad agency that said, "Look, I got an idea. It's pretty awesome," or is this? That's how it, yes, you got it right there. Spare you all that, yeah? Perfect. Because I remember when that popped on, my mom actually sent me a link to it. And she's because she knows how big of a rat fan I used to be. And she's like, holy crap. And then a link to the fact that you guys got back in the charts. And it's really a testament to, uh, you can say whatever you want about anybody's music, but it's a testament about your music. It's still alive, man. It's still kicking. It's more popular than it's been in years. And my kid listens to rat now. And I didn't even introduce it to him. He's 13. <laughs> That's Oh, that's great. That, that, that's great. And you know what? That's that's what it takes, because right now, I mean, we talk about it, what's going on out there, music, and I mean, we dissect things, and and there really isn't much out there, so what do you do? They, uh, even, you know, even our kids, uh, nephews and stuff, uh, they're familiar with rat, rat and roll music. It's like... You know, what else? You mentioned, uh, I won't mention any names, but you mentioned this to some of these kids, and they're like, huh? Who's that? <laughs> then you mention a rat or a motley or somebody, and they're like, oh, yeah, if heard of that rat band. You know, so it's cool. It, it, it's, it's very, very good. The youth are being, uh, you know, uh, 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 getting a little rat and roll. Well, it's nice to see kids even pick up a guitar these days because it's kind of a push-button uh, era in music. And it's, it's you know, to a musician like yourself, I imagine it could be a little insulting, but uh, you know, kind of like, what can you do at this point? But it's really cool seeing kids out there just picking up guitars, listening to older music, you know, from the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting, like years ago, like years ago, maybe 15, say, we'll see even 20 because they're 36 years old. Even back then, it would be like, yeah, well, these young younger kids getting into music now and, you know, they're uh, playing, the, you know, it's almost like you had an option 20 years ago. OK, you want to go to college, kid, or do you want to be a rock guy? <laughs> Because that seems to be uh, a career where you can make a lot of money and do whatever, right? So a lot of the, uh, I don't know what you would call them, the generation 1990s or 2000s where everything was pretty much sucking in the music industry. The music industry was a little wacky and 
the bands were wacky and there's really not much out there you can say oh yeah that's a great band uh, they're going to change the face of music you know uh, there's none of that been going on but it's nice that uh, you know they can uh, rear their ugly heads you know and say here we're a new band you know yeah, that's awesome and uh, I honestly it, it's this COVID thing honestly it's just kind of I mean, if you don't have the budget to do like a big national online concert or release an album or something like that, it's really uh, it's really rough for new musicians. So, sure, but you know what? There's ways around that. You know, it's it's like I don't I don't wait on uh, even though I'm an indie label. I mean, I can get away with a lot more and, and set myself up better to put something out. But you can record a single. You can record. Uh, you know anything these days? I mean, the capabilities are 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 so far and in between now. You can do anything. So even though it's 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 rough doing getting record deals and 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 all this crap, you know, uh, uh, you can still get product out there. And if you're good, you will be noticed. You know, eventually. And it goes back to saying what we were talking about the good old days, right? Well. That wasn't that long ago, number one. And number two, I mean, it was so different music. You know what I mean? The 80s, it was a whole new thing, you know? Uh, so all we can do now is just uh, uh, from the 80s world, just, you know, I don't know how to put it, instigate uh, doing whatever we can. Any new bands should get out there and record a single, uh, anything. You know, get out there and do something, you know. It is pretty, it, it, yeah, technology is kind of fantastic, to be honest with you. I remember recording yeah. on two-inch tape, and <laughs> I remember right. doing all that stuff. Even from a television network, I mean, I had a, you know, a little show back when I was 17 years old, and it was mm. just a whole nother, like a super VHS tape, which doesn't even exist anymore. You know, it's just yeah. the, the technology. I'm literally recording you in my living room right now. Yeah, right? <laughs> this well, is not a possibility my, my 20 years ago. I got it. My studio guy, he's like, you know, you can sing some lead vocals from your bed bedroom. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that, but it's great to know that it's there. And sure enough, I, I'm going to pick up this utensil because it's a great thing to have. You can no. sing vocals anywhere. You can do anything. So I don't buy it. Even from my own guy, I don't buy it. <laughs> you can't work <laughs> on music when... When somebody around me goes, oh, we can't do that. We haven't got the time. We can't do this. Like, oh, you're full of shit and you're lazy. Next. Right. <laughs> time waits for no one, right? Absolutely. So. Well, hey, um, I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, sure. just to kind of clear up the confusion, because um, the Stephen Piercy project right now, is that what you're calling it? The Stephen Piercy band? Or? No, it's just it's just me. It's just Stephen okay. Piercy solo. Yeah, I have no special name. In the beginning, I was like, you know, Nitronic and, and whatever. I just call us the Rat Bastards. We're known as the Rat Bastards when we go out there solo. So Stephen Piercy's Rat Bastards is just fine with me. Okay, that's awesome. Because we've heard, you know, Rat, Mickey Rat, uh, Stephen Piercy <laughs> projects. And I just want to keep, uh, who's in the band right now? Who's in the, uh, who's the, who are the Bastards? Uh, the Bastards, same. Eric Ferentino's uh, writer and, and, and been playing guitar with me for like 15, 20 years. I don't even know how long. And, and Matt Thorne on bass. He goes back to seriously Mickey Rat, early Rat days with Jakey Lee. Uh, he's from our studio we work out of. Um, 
MT Studios. Uh, we have Scotty Coogan on drums, who's played with Kiss. He's out doing stuff with LA Guns. Uh, I've got another chair open for a drummer guy, and our bass player is going to be Matt, and introducing Jerry Montana, who used to be uh, in Hell Yeah, and uh, what bands, babe? Misfits, oh yeah, so, uh, and I might be playing some guitar live, a.k.a. Mickey Rat and Frankie Wilsey on guitar, same. He used to be in Arcade, and he's been in my solo band and uh, Aerosmith's cover. So we're the same guys, just ready to have a good time, and Eric and I are getting ready to get into the studio and get the sixth record underway so we can deliver it by summer. And the solo band will be out there until the, we hear any more about the committed dates from the big rock summer Wango Tango festival that didn't go down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I had to ask that question because I remember I opened sure. up my band opened up for you in Detroit at the Ritz and Roseville. I'm talking a while ago. And, yeah, uh, like 2003 or something. Oh, it was before that. I'm pretty sure. Oh, and then um, I opened up for, uh, you know, they were called Rat. They had uh, Warren and Bobby in the band, but it was uh, Jizzy Singh, and I opened up for them twice in uh, Oklahoma, of all oh, places. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of bummed. I was like, I saw the poster. I'm like, that that's not Stephen Piercy. But okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll still do it. I mean, they, they're all yeah. nice guys, but at the same time, I was like, that's not Stephen. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that was the bunk version you got, unfortunately. They, they wanted to go out next. To me, I just put that stuff under the rug and move on. You know, time, like I say, time's waiting on nobody. You know, I'd like to see the band... Uh, do something very, very, very uh, unique and cool. And we'll see what happens. Right now, it's getting the sixth record out. Got a lot of TV stuff happening and and will be happening. And we've got this uh, project you and I are going to be introducing soon enough. And it's going to be good. It's going to be a good year. So if Rat does do uh, another tour, another album, uh, who's in that? Who's What version of Rat is that? Who's in the band besides like, you and Juan, I guess? Well, you know, that's another configuration that has to be uh, actually figured out because there was not a guitar player on the last show, and that was criminal, um, to say the least. So we're not going to be doing anything until everything is properly in place. And... Um, I really can't say who's going to be in Rat when we do go out there. It's an up-in-the-air situation right now. And, and like I say, when it comes to time, when it comes down to it and time, I'll, we'll talk about it. But right now, there's really not much to say in the Rat camp, but we uh, might be honoring some of these shows and and we'll you know we'll do them and and see what happens as far as who's in the band i really couldn't say now because we were looking for a guitar player i went into pre-production uh, rehearsals and it didn't happen so i pretty much shelved it and said we'll get to it when we get to it and that's going to be 
when some of these dates are announced and that have been and are truly rescheduled we really don't know we can't say well the tickets that you had uh, august 10th are going to be honored at uh, jimmy's football arena you know yeah. uh, we don't know if it's going to happen so we really can't say it's all up in the air just like the motley the stadium thing they don't know what's happening nobody does you know so we'll see Gotcha. Well, I had to throw in a couple of those common canned questions sure. at you, you know, just because well, I'm well, kind of hey, curious it, myself. It, it, it is what it is. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I would love for uh, 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 some of my fans and, and to hear the new music. It's just it's just intense. It's getting better and better. And actually have a writing session here today. And uh, we'll take it from there. Sounds great. Hey, really appreciate it. I can't even tell you how excited I am to get this thing rolling, get the cameras rolling, and uh, produce, yes. produce something just awesome with you. And uh, yeah, we're gonna let, let's get going soon, man. Yes, and it's gonna be very, very cool. Very excited about it. Perfect. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll talk to you offline. <laughs> you, you got it, brother. True honor, totally awesome getting to talk to uh, Stephen Piercy. Again, can't wait to land in Los Angeles here probably within a month and uh, start rolling tape, man, because uh, he's got a lot of stories to tell. He's had a lot of experiences. He has a an overall story that's just second to none, so I can't wait to be the one to document that, capture that, and bring it to all of you on a side TV. I, I really really excited about it we've been around for almost six years now we've been launched for five and a half and i this may be uh honestly like i said that uh that 14 year old (laughs) 13 year old 12 year old whatever inside of me is just jumping around all over the place but i have to remain calm i have to remain professional and i will trust me and we will make this thing awesome because uh he deserves to have his story told and and told correctly and um yeah, I can't wait for you all to watch it. I can't wait to watch it myself. But uh, speaking of music, we're going to do a new segment right now. And you guys can help me out with this segment by sending me songs from bands that people may not know very well. Now, I have a whole library of bands from Detroit and Oklahoma and uh, just everywhere. There's people that I know. But... You can send me in stuff that I don't know, and you know we're going to do one, maybe two songs. Today we're only going to do one, but and today I'm going to be selfish as hell, man, because I have a new song. My band, One-Eyed Buffalo, again, rest in peace to my brother Dave, my guitar player for 21 years. Uh, I miss you every single day, and I honestly, truly think about you every single day, and I love you. And thank you for all the music you left behind for me to put together and release. And here's one of those songs. This song is about um, one of those, you know, couple week long summer flings. And uh, that means nothing anymore, but the lyrics are still very prevalent and may mean something to you. Um, it's called Coco Beach. It's by my band, One Eyed Buffalo. I'm singing and playing drums. Dave's doing everything else. And I hope you enjoy it. I need to do like a radio thing, though. I need to be like, let me see what time is it. It's 15 past the hour, and uh, yeah, the drive home is nice and clear. Here we go with Cocoa Beach with One-Eyed Buffalo. 
That sucked. I actually used to do DJ stuff, but yeah, that sucked. Anyways, here's the song. Yeah. 
my buddy Dave, man. He'll never get the recognition, honestly, that he deserves as a musician. No matter, I could scream it from every mountaintop in the world, he's not going to get the (laughs) recognition that he deserves. He was a fantastic musician, great artist. Um, And he'll just, you know, kind (sighs) of fade away, um, you know, with these last 10, 20 songs that he's left me. Uh, I mean, not fade away, but just, you know, on a national scale, he's never going to get, like I said, never going to be recognized for his talents, and that sucks, but... uh, I'm grateful, at least, um, of being his friend for 21 years. And, you know, I've said it a million times, man. It's over a year and a half now. You can only hurt for so long. And uh, and I will hurt for so long. But <sighs> got to get past it. But we still got the music, brother. And, uh, yeah, a lot more coming. And, uh, man, I didn't want to get all emotional and stuff. I didn't mean to. Sorry. How about I cheer myself up by reading... Your mail. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. You know, screw that Stephen Burns guy. I reached out to him. Uh, every platform I could find him on. I reached out to him. I sent messages. I sent messages to his management, to his band page. And, you know, that Stephen Burns guy that sings that song. He used to be the host of Blues Clues. Screw you, buddy. I mean, honestly, I all I wanted to do was get an interview with you and see how you're doing. Maybe promote your music, you know. Uh, and you can't even, are you that big time? Blues Clues was 20 years ago, brother. Blues isn't even alive anymore. That dog has been dead and cremated. God damn, I got big time by the Blues Clues guy. It's ridiculous if you ask me. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of sore about that. Like, what are you really doing in your life right now that you can't talk to me for 10 minutes? I got Stephen Piercy on here. I got Heath Miller coming on in a minute. But no, Stephen Burns, the Blues to Blues, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> okay, mail time. Um, still going to use your sound bite. You can sue me for it later. I don't care. Okay, I asked for some questions. I got about, I said I was going to do the podcast again, and people are like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll send you a message. I got about 30 questions, and I'm going to do six because, come on, people, do better. Just do better. Like, the questions you're asking me are just, I've not either, I've either answered them a thousand times on previous podcasts, or it's stuff that you already know, or it's just like stuff that a fifth grader would ask me. And some of these on here are just, you know, whatever. Maybe I just like to talk about these things, but do better, people. I want good questions. Look me up on the Facebook machine. Email them to me. I I don't know how you're listening to this, on what platform it's on, all of them, but just come on, people. Do better. Do better, do better, do better. I'll do better, too, if you do better. And we'll all do better, and we'll live in a better world. Here we go. Question number one. Oh, boy. And, And, you know, this is one of those questions. This is one of those questions. My friend Jess, actually, I don't know if she's a friend or not. I just had the word Jess next to this. Who is the perfect woman for you? I, I just don't know why that's a question. And that's one of the better questions that I've gotten. 
Now, am I that bland? Is there just not nothing to ask about with, a, you know, a Psy TV and, you know, I mean, all these things that we've done in this life, this little universe we've created and there's that, that, what's the perfect woman for you? They haven't invented her yet. I will be single probably until they do. It will be uh, artificial intelligence for sure. It will be very programmable. It will be made of synthetic materials. I will buy one. I don't care what the price is. I'll probably stick it on a payment plan. Maybe on, maybe Fingerhut will you know sell a, a, a what do they call it, a, a companion doll. That'd be fine, yeah. Whatever. I want her to have her own opinions. I want to have good conversations with her. But right now, you know, artificial intelligence don't... That's not a, it's not a thing. So that will be the perfect woman for me. Um, and basically that's because I can create it and do whatever I want with it. But even then it won't be perfect with it. No, nothing's perfect. That's what I'm getting at. No human is going to be the perfect companion for me. Um, at least I haven't met one or anything close to one. And you know, I'm having a good time. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I don't need that in my life. I just, I have close friends. I have a great business that sends me on adventures all the time. My son is the coolest person I know on the planet. And uh, I'm a perfect woman for me. I don't, I just don't need it. So the answer is there's no such a thing that has been created yet. And when it is created, it'll probably be in a factory in China. And I'm going to tear that girl apart. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. How stupid. Um, <laughs> have you changed? This is from Nina. Have you changed your stance on COVID since the last time you did podcasts? Yeah, I already talked about that. Um, I'm more of a buyer in, buyer in at this point. Um, nobody likes to be played for a fool. So down the road, if it's all, you know, bullshit, but then I'll, you know, address it then. But at the same time, like I already covered it. So I'm not even sure why I read that question. Let me move on. Wow. This mail section, this mail section is kind of getting negative. I don't like that. This is supposed to be more positive. Let's find something positive on here. Uh, the Mandalorian, is it better than Star Wars from Angie G? Um, it is Star Wars. I don't know how, why, why are people saying, I've seen a lot of people online saying, uh, Oh, the last two episodes of The Mandalorian are better than the last three Star Wars movies. It's yeah. Let, let's pretend Star Wars is real life, okay? Do you in your real life say, "Oh, I didn't like that chapter, so I'm just gonna bitch about it and say it wasn't good"? Oh, hi, Kitty. Oh, now you're gonna shut up. There you are. Yeah, nice. Why don't you say hi to all the people, Marcy J. Cat? You just turned 15 years old. You still play like a kitten. You're still obsessed with me for some reason. Are you just going to meow through this? I'm talking about the Mandalorian. I don't want to pet you because I have jalapeno stuff on my hands and you'll be suffering like I've been suffering this entire time. Why don't you go lay down, shut your mouth, and uh, let me try to be professional on this thing. Okay, anyways, Mandalorian is a part of Star Wars. It's this long timeline of things that are happening. It's... Awesome. Why can't you just sit back and enjoy what they give you instead of thinking you can do it better? Because you can't. Why why are do people sit there and criticize things to the point where it's just what are you doing? You're just trying to get attention at that point, aren't you? I mean, yeah, we're all guilty of it. We're all critiquing things. We all have this social media soapbox that we all stand upon and think our opinion matters. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't. Disney or whoever owns Star Wars is still going to make billions of dollars off of everything, and you're still going to watch it. 
So just, you know, no offense, Angie, but I don't think The Mandalorian is better than Star Wars. I think it's a continuation of the whole subplot. It's great. I like it. Did I like the episode with the giant spiders? No, I didn't. And I'll never watch that episode again. Prick, stop putting giant spiders in everything. Why do they do that, Harry Potter? Why do you do that, Lord of the Rings? Oh, I'm going to put a giant spider. It's very unoriginal at this point, so I'm pretty pissed at the Mandalorian on that. I loved every, ep- every movie, all nine movies of Star Wars, even the prequels. I loved them. I liked Rogue One. I liked the Solo uh, Project, uh, the Solo Project, the Han Solo movie. I like the cartoons. Just let me like stuff. That's it. And stop criticizing everything. Just like it or don't. If you don't like it, turn it off. Simple. Okay, here's a question from my buddy Josh. Unionization in pro wrestling. Ooh, a pro wrestling question. Wow, yeah, I did that for almost 20 years. I don't know if you know that or not. Um, Is it good or bad for the business? Depends on which side of the ball you're on. If you're uh, Vince McMahon, it's probably rather terrible, but I think it should be a thing. I hate to say that to you. Maybe they'll never hire me for extra work again, but I truly think that unionization is a great thing. Um, It's just all around forces companies to treat their employees better and giving them a say in their day-to-day deals. Um, can WWE handle a unionization of their workers? Yes, absolutely they can. Will it cost them lots of money? Probably, because they'll have to up their deals. But at the same time, they'll have better control. They'll have, um, you know, I, there, there's pros and cons to every way you look at it. So I'm not in the business anymore, even though it seems like I am, because I'm surrounded by wrestlers, which we're going to be talking to Heath here in a minute. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a dirty word in the industry if you're one of the bosses, but it's a pipe dream if you're, you know, working for the bosses. Working for the man. Okay, next question. Here's one that I like to answer. Uh, what is your favorite Funko Pop and what is your most expensive Funko Pop? Well, there's an app on all your phones. It's a Funko Pop app or just a Funko app in general. Let's see. Let me look at it. Let me tap on the little crown here and... Right now, they're one and the same. My favorite one is the most expensive one. It's a three-pack of Rush, the band. I'm looking at it right now. It's in a little case. It's beautiful. There's Getty. There's Alex. There's Neil. And uh, they're looking at me with their little black eyes. It's worth $260 for this little three-pack of vinyl figures with Rush on it. I love it. It was my holy grail of Funko Pops. I found it in Las Vegas at Brad's Toys and Collectibles. And, um, I mean, literally, I can give you a top 10. Let's give you a top 10. of. Uh, we have a new segment, too, called the Top 4, which we're going to get into, and it's from a question that you asked uh, in a minute. But we'll give you a top 10 of my top 10 most expensive ones, starting with uh, number 10. Number 10 is Marty McFly in the, uh, the space suit. <laughs> it's worth 100 bucks. Also worth 100 bucks is uh, the Karate Kid Johnny Lawrence, the original one. I have $125 Bigfoot Flocked. I have uh, Velma from Scooby-Doo, which my mom bought for me for $10 at a roadside uh, little expo sale, whatever. Uh, that's worth 115 now. Roy from Rick and Morty, which is the most expensive one from Rick and Morty. I have that at 110. That used to be more. 
Um, Luna Lovegood with the glasses from Harry Potter. That's the most expensive Harry Potter one. I have that worth 130. Kurt Cobain uh, specialty one with the glasses. It's a Funko exclusive for 130 bucks. LeBron James Cavaliers is worth 180 dollars. Uh, Zombie Jake from Adventure Time I got for 25 bucks. It's now worth 210. And then of course Rush is in the lead right now over 260 for the three pack. People ask me why I collect Funko Pops. My mom asked me why I collect Funko Pops. People walk into my place and they're like, holy crap, this is stupid. But then they look at them and they're like, oh my God, look at that. You got Willy Wonka. Oh my God, you've got, you know, Motley Crue over there. Oh my God, look at this. You've got, why isn't there rat Funko Pops? What's going on with that? Yeah, we need some rat Funko Pops. But they look around, they see all these cool things, and then they're like, oh, I got to get that one. My mom now has three Funko Pops that sit around and look at her. It's just, you know, it's addictive. Plus, how many of you play the stock market? How many of you lose money on the stock market? How many of you make money on the stock market? Well, guess what? I constantly make money because I have a $17,000 Funko Pop collection that I paid maybe three or $4,000 for because a lot of people, they send them in, they give them to me, the companies, then whatever, and then gifts and all that stuff. And we got the One Nation Under Pop show that's on a side TV. So yeah, it's a great collection that's already almost quadrupled its worth. And we're just getting started. It's only been, I've only been doing this for a year. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of fun too. I enjoy these things, so don't question me. Anyways, last question. I'm gonna get into this Heath. Uh, I'm gonna give Heath a call. What do I call him anymore? I'm bumping into the microphone. Do I call him Heath? I can't call him Heath Slater. That's a WWE thing. Do I call him Heath Miller? Do I just Heath? <sighs> Anyways, he's a good guy. Cool guy. I got to meet him a few times over the summer. Got the film with him, and uh, we may be doing something uh, the Heath show which I'm going to bug the crap out of him about. Last question. This was a long question. It was a very long question, so I just kind of shortened it down to basically, why aren't you rich? (laughs) There's a bunch of things like, oh, you're doing all this, and you're doing that, and you're hanging out with this person, and you do this, and you've been around for, you know, five years with this network, and blah, blah, blah. It was a long question from from, uh, Lee, our Lee. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a canned answer first. How do you know I'm not rich? First of all, I'm <laughs> not, but I mean, maybe I talk about not being rich a lot, but it's, uh, I'm rich with experience. I'm rich with my son is amazing and I get to see him all the time and I can carve my schedule around him and we get to do all these fun things together. My mom and I are still best friends. Uh, Heather, the director for operations and I, we talk every day and a lot of my hosts and the people that I get to work with and, you know, people like Drew Hankinson and pretty soon Stephen Piercy and Hillary Harris and Chantel and Gigi and Garrett and Eddie and you, I'm not going to name everybody, but it's overwhelming the love and the talent and the productivity and just these awesome pieces of these puzzles that I call my life, that I'm, I'm very rich. That's my canned answer. Um, the other answer is because you haven't subscribed yet. <laughs> That's just it. I make a living. I make food on my table, the whole thing, because you subscribe. If you do not subscribe, then I don't have an income. If everybody canceled their subscriptions right now, for whatever reason, um, I'd go broke. That's just it. And yes, I have other streams of income from time to time, and I do a lot of you know film work on the on the down low. But 
it's, uh, you know, mainly my goal in life, my path to success revolves around you subscribing. So get your ass to Asai TV on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, or at Asai TV, ASYTV.com. Check out what we got going there. It's literally, it'll blow your mind. And it's just getting bigger and bigger and better and better as we go. So that's why I'm not rich, because I haven't had a million people out of the billions of people on earth subscribe to my network. I want $5 million a month. I want $100 million a month, because not only do I have a good life, and my kid has a good life, my mom has a good life, and everybody involved with the network will have a great life, I can help a lot of people, man. I know y'all think sometimes I'm selfish. Sometimes it's all about me, me, me. Oh, he loves to hear himself talk. Oh, he loves to watch himself on TV. Oh, he just loves to talk about that. Bullshit. My ultimate goal is to be in a position where I can help, seriously help people that need it. So your subscriptions makes that happen. Your subscription will make that happen. And I think that's about it for the news. So uh, let's make a nice little random phone call, why don't we? Random phone call. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's a bad riff, man. I'm going to write a song off of that. Hang on. Here we go. I'm going up there. No. Of course, it ends right there when I'm getting ready to do my, uh, my best Lemmy Killmeister. And I'm saying Lemmy Kilmeister because I see four Funko Pops right in front of me of Lemmy Kilmeister. They're so cool. Just got to go to the Rainbow Bar and Grill in Los Angeles while filming an episode of the Bennett's out there. And uh, stopped at the Rainbow. It's only my third time being there. I have to go every time I'm in L.A. I love it. And it's closed on the inside. So hopefully with uh, Stephen Piercy, when we start filming out there, if we go to the Rainbow, uh, we'll get some special access because um, I want to go back into that place and touch things and sit places where things have happened. Pretend like there's a girl under the table for me, which there won't be, because we can't get away with shit like that. <laughs> it is funny to think, though, like we talked about with Steven, uh, it is funny to think about what the world would be like if we had cell phones and a camera in everybody's pocket back in the 80s. I know a lot of people, to include myself, would probably be ostracized and arrested, and uh, just, oh, God, the regrets that we made. But can't do nothing about him now. <sighs> Anyways, what is that noise? I'm being beeped. Why are people beeping me? This is insane. Stop texting me, people. My goodness, I thought I had my ringer off, but I lied to myself. Anyways, here's something really cool, man. Let's get on the phone and uh, talk to Mr. Heath. Heath! Are you What's there, sir? Up? How are you, sir? I am okay. I am well. And yourself? I am. I'm well as as well. Well as well. Well, well I'm well as well. I'm well as well. Yes. Say, hey, um, I, I wanted to reach out to you. This is all a big setup, man. What do you mean? This is a, this is sabotage. Is what this is. Man, what are you doing? I I I've been bugging you for six months now about putting together the Heath Show. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> this is all one big sales pitch, man. I'm not going to ask you anything about impact or your injury or nothing, family. None of that. None of that matters. It's this is all about the Heath Show. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding, though. Uh, but, uh, you have been on my ass. 
literally on it, maybe a couple inches up it too. I mean, it's a it's a good concept. You tickled it for sure. <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I mean, you're a reoccurring character on Gallo Show, uh, Good Brother, which yeah. is on a side TV now. Subscribe to that shizzle. And it's always a pleasure, man. It's always a lot of fun when you're there. You kind of, you know, this sounds a little, uh, a little weird, a little awkward, but you kind of light up the room when you're there. <laughs> man, I try to, man. I try to do that everywhere I go, you know. So we always can... bring those those good vibes and good times. Absolutely, and you um, do, you do, absolutely. And we, we, I mean, we could do, a, you know, a prank show. We could do like a. Like a, there's a million different things we could do. So once again, I'm just going to give you that nice little nugget. I'm going to hand it over to you and just kind of hold it, you know, stick it in your mind, pass it around the family, see what they think of that nugget. And then uh, eventually in six years, we'll get the he show done. I don't think it'll be that long. <laughs> what, what are we calling you these days anyway? Is it just Heath? Is it Heath Miller? Is, I, I know the, the other things out of the out of the water now, but yeah, it, it, man, I just want to go by Heath. And I feel like for some reason the fans think I'm crazy for doing that because they're all like, man, use Heath Miller or use Heath Wallace or pick a new last name, this and that. But I'm just like, man, I was Heath Slater for nearly 15 years of my life. I mean, it's one of those things where people know me by Heath Slater. They see me, they're like, oh, you're Heath Slater from the one-man band, or you're Heath Slater from Nexus, or you're Heath Slater, the guy with kids. You know, so it's like, they don't know me by Slater. So, can't use that anymore because, you know, old man got it locked up in the safe. Um, but I can still use my real name, Heath. So, I just thought, hell, I'll just go by Heath and that's it. Just simple, one name, Heath. Here's Heath. You know, it's easy to chant that people can get behind it. Heath, 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 Heath. You know, like it's easy to go with. People already, it's already established. So, why would I need to just be Heath Miller or Heath Wallace or, you know, Heath Bumbleclock? You know, <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> so, it's just like one of those things like, you know, Cesaro <laughs> has one name. Cody went by just one name for a while. Um, Daggone Edge, you know, like there's so many guys out there that just does have one name. Cher, you know, but Bono. It's like, exactly, you know, I'm the new Bono. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> but it's like, I just want to go by Heath, and it's easier to sign, you know, autographs just using Heath. Yeah, speaking of which, I watched you sign like about 10,000 autographs at high spots in uh, North Carolina. Oh, man. How's your wrist? Did, that, it, did it ever heal up? A, huh? Did your wrist ever heal up after that? Oh, yeah, it's good now. But, man, that was some hell for sure. <laughs> I, like, you know, another one of Gallows' things. Hey, man, let's do this together. You know, we can hang out and just sign. Sure. How much are we signing? He's, I don't know, a lot. You know, you get paid good. All right. And I get up there. There's like, what was it? Eight boxes of, <laughs> of like you know a thousand pictures at each box. I said, "When are we supposed to get this done?" He was like, "Hopefully today." I said, "You out your mind?" Was I said, "I'm taking some of these boxes home." <laughs> was, was, was that the moment? Eight hours silent. Was that the moment you decided to just go with Heath? <laughs> exactly. Well, it was funny because like by, by that time I was still just going as Heath. But, you know, they wanted Slater because the pitcher was, you know, one of mine from back in the day. So I had to put it off. All right. So Heath it is. Plus, it makes me hungry for uh, chocolate and toffee. So Heath bars, man. Man, I love Heath bars. They're literally my favorite candy bar. 
Seriously? Heath and score bars. Yeah, absolutely. Hands Man, down. You got, you got some crazy taste in candy. What's wrong with toffee? Toffee's like perfect. Yeah, I've never been a toffee fan. Like I'm more of a, a Reese cup or, you know, grab a Snickers type dude. Well, how about Heath Reese's? We can do that. It's uh... Oh, man, that'd be the best. <laughs> Heath Reese's. You'll get a sponsorship from somebody, you know. It's... Mm-hmm. And we just do a Willy Wonka no, gimmick no. from now on. I'm, I'm in on this, man. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> I'm the candy man. <laughs> you can throw ETH bars and, and, and Reese cups at the crowd before you come out. Yeah. And it's I very, they liked. it's very indie, man. It's very indie. <laughs> so it's uh, Christmas season, and you do actually have kids. I don't know if you have full forty like you're portrayed to on television, but <laughs> what's going on? If we can take a break from the wrestling talk, uh, what's going on in, in the Heath House for? Uh, the, the the holiday season, so to speak. What's on the table for dinner? What's in the stockings? What are the kids getting? What do they want? What do, what do you do at, in the holiday season? This is kind of your first holiday season not having to be on the road, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's pretty true, too, man. Um, usually, Steph does it all. Like, she does the shopping, you know, she does, you know, the planning. The, she's the festive one. Me, I'm more of, you know, laid back if I need to get up and help I will <laughs> like all that stuff like I'll get all the ornaments out and put the lights up and stuff but usually you know they're putting the trees up and they're doing everything else like all through the house like her step has like this whole Christmas village you know that she was collecting ever since she was a kid so now our girls are collecting Christmas villages stuff so we got like three shelves in our house it's like full of snow with you know Christmas villages all lighting up I mean it looks nice like I can't I can't knock anyone or, or her for doing it because like, it gets me in that little mood. But it's like we have a lot of friends around us, man, and they all got kids too. So there's always something to do. Like if it ain't at my house and them chilling in the backyard having fun playing, you know, they're all going over to our other buddy's house and playing and this and that, you know. And then, you know, with, um, you know, like COVID just sucks. You know, and all that stuff because, you know, you can't really go out and do nothing. You can't really go and see the Christmas lights and enjoy it and all that stuff. But it's still one of those things like, you know, how crazy the world is right now. We still have to, you know, be human and live and enjoy the day because, you know, who knows how many more we got. Absolutely true. How is it? Uh, and, and and I don't I don't want to get political with you whatsoever. I don't want to get political. Period. But what's the uh, what's the trendy virus? How has it affected you personally? Is it because uh, I've gone from knowing nobody at all to just losing friend after friend from this thing, and it's 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 kind of crazy. I mean, kind of crazy. It's absolutely freaking nuts. And yep. it's just uh, kind of like the second third wave has just kind of been very very real. For sure, I. I mean, being real, like, I know there's people that has lost loved ones from corona. I know there's people, you know, that's taking it serious. And, I mean, which you should. I mean, you should take it serious. But do I think it's as crazy as everyone's making it out to be? Absolutely not. You know, I just, I don't see, I mean, hell, the flu's taking out more people than the coronavirus, you know. So, I mean, even on this first time around. So, yeah, I get the vaccine, yeah. I mean, do I kind of feel like it's a political stunt? Probably, because I don't know what in the world is, like, the people are thinking about and doing that actually run the world that we don't know about. Um, but it's just one of those things to where, like, I, 
to me, it's just harming a, a lot more than it's helping. And for all these people and all these higher ups to say, damn, you can't do this. You can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just one of those things to where they're just throwing out de- demands because they have power and they don't even know what the hell to do. I mean, oh, stay six feet apart. Oh, wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Oh, you can't have restaurant gatherings for these small town businesses, but everyone can go to Walmart and Publix and just, you know, <laughs> have a free for all. Like, come the hell on. It don't make sense. I don't think it makes any sense either. I just do things. I, I'm, I just go by the just in case rule. It's not hard to stick a mask on your face at Target. You know, it's it's sure. just I don't want to be bothered. Just, okay, here, it's on. I'm, I look like I'm robbing yeah. a place now. It's whatever. Hey, just imagine that. You know, <laughs> here you, you walk into one of these stores with a mask on. Or bank. <laughs> yeah, you know, imagine that. Anyways, hey. Uh, now it's like mandatory. Right. I don't want to go too far on the negative stuff because uh, it's negative. <laughs> yes. There's so much of it out there. We need the happies. Yeah, we do need all the happies. And here's here's a uh, give me a happy real quick. Give me the funniest rhino story that you've ever had, and then I'll give you one that I had. Damn, the Let's trade rhino, rhino stories. Story. Oh damn. <sighs> um. Shit, I've got a few actually. I'm trying to think of a good one. <laughs> It's like a deck of cards, isn't it? Like, which which yeah, really, player? Yeah. Well, all right, I'll start off with one, and this this ain't even like a, a great one, but it's on the top of my head. Um, so we're driving from where were we? we were somewhere in California, driving to Los Angeles to go to like a Dodgers game. Um, next thing you know, we stop at a gas station. I get out, we all do our thing, we get back in the car, we're driving for about two hours. We're probably about not even an hour from the stadium. Next thing you know, like uh, I'm searching around, looking around, and I can't find my wallet. So Rhino's like really pumped to go to this game because he likes baseball. So we already went to a Phillies game, me, him, and Henning, and our buddy Robert. And now me and him's about to go to this Los Angeles Dodgers game, and I'm actually pumped about it because I'm a Dodgers fan. And um, so I don't have my wallet. And I'm just like, damn, what the hell? And the funny thing about it is, is this whole time, damn, Terry will collect every receipt that he gets, you know, from a gas station. And he has a gas station pile. And then from a restaurant, he has a restaurant pile. And he has another set of receipts for, um, you know, like cosmetics. Because that dude's like the smoothest rhino you'll know, man. He's lotioned up, lathered up, (laughs) always smelling good, looking smooth, tanned. You know, so it's like... Is, you know, he keeps, he takes care of himself. Um, so next thing you know, like, I'm always, dude, why the hell you keep these receipts, man? Like, get one card and use it. Like, this is ridiculous. You know, you're, like, acting like you're back in 81. Like, come on. You don't need to keep your receipts anymore. And then, um, so we're arguing. And the next thing you know, he, we're. We can't, like I said, we couldn't find my wallet. So I'm like, dude, I think it's at that gas station. I said, but damn, how the hell are we going to get back there? And he looks over at me. He looks through his receipts because he bought a water there. Gas station phone number on the receipt. And he was like, uh, he calls it. The what the dude that's there, he's like, yeah, I found a wallet in the bathroom. You know, I kept it at the counter thinking one of y'all or someone would call for it. He's like, yeah, but we have it here if you want to come get it. So. Terry looks over at me. He's like, yeah, 
throw away your receipts, huh? You just want to throw them away, huh? You know, we wouldn't find your wallet if I didn't keep this receipt with the phone number on it, huh? Huh? You know, doing that stuff. And I'm just like, all right, I guess I deserve this, this and that. So we had to drive two hours back to the gas station and get my wallet. And then three more hours back to where L.A. is. And we were already like, we missed like the whole game. So that's the story between me and Rhino that happened. That's kind of more about me, but Rhino more in the right. I guess I just put him over, didn't I? You kind of did. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to put uh, Rhino over, though. I, I met I met him at uh, – I used to work at a club called The Ritz in Roseville in Detroit, Michigan. And um, he would always show up there and – Back in the, I'm talking. This is way back in the day. This is probably right when he started wrestling. Probably early '90s, uh, definitely early '90s. And uh, we got to know him pretty well. And it's it's not really a funny story. It's kind of a mean story because we were all assholes in the early '90s and '80s. Absolutely, we, we just were. We were terrible people back then. So yeah. we saw this guy, and he always had this leather trench coat that was really wrinkled, and it was way too big for him. Yeah. And we would just sit there and make fun of him. And there was no Rhino back then. You know, it was just this guy, Terry, that would show up to the club. And I think yeah. he was wrestling over, over the bridge, uh, over the ambassador in Canada for, like, Border City Wrestling or something. And uh, we would just relentlessly pick on this guy. And he would just kind of stand there. You know, he was kind of just a charisma void at that point. Yeah. And but but we we got along with him, but he was just kind of like this guy we'd pick on. And you know, we're all musicians and just working the club circuits and uh I always thought that was kind of funny because now he can murder all of us, you know, and <laughs> with, a, with a blink of an eye, basically. And I I, me I used to make fun of him for wearing a trench coat that was too big and wrinkly. It was like you know, excuse my French, but it was Columbine type trench coat. You know, it was just not okay. <laughs> um he got he got it at the goodwill. <laughs> I don't maybe he had it made for him, but I I don't know. It was just a ridiculous trench coat, and nobody wore trench coats at that point. So, but it, it was just funny. And then I meet him at the the talking shop of mania tapings that we were all at, and that's where I met you. you look and at him and say, "Hey man, we used to make fun of you." I didn't say that, but because <laughs> you never know, it could be like a uh, you know one of those uh, Billy Madison things where. Uh, you know, he's just, it's been stirring in his head for 30 years and he, oh, it's you, you know, and you know, then I'm Gord, I'm as, I'm as good as Gord at that point, legit. But uh, I mentioned to him, said, Hey man, we used to hang out with you at the Ritz. And he's like, Oh yeah, the Ritz. And that was it. He didn't remember me whatsoever. He didn't remember any of that. So, you know, uh, good for him though. Good for him. He's, that's, why, that's why you should have reminded him because if he just said, "Oh, the Ritz," he's probably like, "Oh, that I hated that place. All those boys that <laughs> used to make fun of me. I couldn't afford a jacket that fit." He starts what going through his receipts. Like, where's where's the where's the receipt for that door charge that night? Oh yeah, that's right. Nineteen ninety receipt. <laughs> right. But anyways. Uh, how has uh, Impact been treating you uh, since you got there? I've gotten to meet uh, Scott D'Amore. I'm not sure if he's your, you know, immediate higher up or whatever it is there. But uh, it seems like a fun place to work. It really does. Uh, it seems like it'd be a lot more fun if there are fans in the crowd. But, you know, you do what you got to do. And uh, how's that whole experience been for you at Impact? Bro, honestly, like, it, like the good thing about it is that, you know, I already have some friends over there that I've known and everything. So, you know, once I got released, you know, people just started reaching out. 
And next thing you know, like what once once I got there and I like um, was there a couple times and got to meet the people and got to go out there and like um, you know get my toes wet a little bit and have some fun out there. Like it's it's a blast. It really is. And they um, they, they they let you you know be who you want to be. You know they, if you want to you know be yourself and you have an idea and stuff, like you can go with it and tell them about it and they, and they'll be like, yeah, sure, let's try it. So that, that to me is amazing. Like, you know, in WWE, I was, you know, a rookie into a Nexus member, like a rebel into another group that was a rebel into me being a one-man band and having a band and, and being a social outcast and being a trailer park dude with, you know, 20-some kids. So it's like I've always had to play roles and stuff and do things that, you know, some people aren't comfortable doing and some people, you know, can nail it. But but it was just like, you know, roles and stuff that I had to do throughout my career. I never was able to just be me. So now I'm getting to be me and it's more fun. I enjoy it. I feel like people are going to see like a, a different side of me. So that's always good. Um, but the environment and the communication there is amazing. Like it's bar none. Like I'll text either one of my agents or either one of the, like the owners, and they'll get right back with me. No, that's great. The um, oh. first time I met you, you were kind of in limbo uh, because you showed up on. I didn't even know this was happening. To be honest with you, we're all at Gallo's house, and you're sitting on the couch and. I was standing behind you, and I'm just watching. We were watching Raw for summer. I'm like, why the hell are these people watching Raw? I thought that was like, yeah. you know, the the big enemy. And then out pops you with the whole Drew McIntyre uh, promo and everything. And personally, I think that's the best thing they've ever had for you. I was kind of <laughs> hoping to see that go places, like besides yeah. you know just one match, but it was fantastic. Like it was one of the best things I've seen on Raw. I think I told you that. And. Um, yeah. Man, uh, what was that limbo period like? Because you were showing up on Impact, you were showing up on Raw, you were kind of uh, just kind of doing your own thing. I mean, it was one of those things where I got released, all right? So once they punch you in the mouth and then hit you in the gut and you fall down, I mean, you got to get your ass back up, you know? So it was it was actually one of those things where, like, there's a lot of people that didn't really think they were going to get released, you know, because, I mean, hell, we've been up there forever. And, you know, WWE had enough money not to fire nobody. They just decided to. So it was one of those, it was like, um, how was it? Like maybe a month before my contract was up, um, like a writer called me. And he's like, hey, Heath, um, just was wanting to throw this idea by you and wondering if you'd like to do it. And I just said no. And they were like, well, you didn't even hear the idea. I was like, I don't want to hear it. I said, I don't want to do it. You know, and I just got off the phone with them. So I guess they were like, well, all right, shit. <laughs> so next thing you know, one of my other buddies as a writer actually called me, and I like him. So we started just talking, and he just was like, I got this idea with you and Drew. We're doing this thing with Drew. He was like, everyone knows that you and Drew are buddies inside and outside the ring. It would be perfect for you. And I said, perfect for me. I said, you fucking fired me. Like, <laughs> how is this going to be perfect for me? You know, he was like, who knows, you know, maybe to bring up another opportunity or something like that. I was like, man, my boat has sailed. Don't want to do it. So then maybe the next day, I think it was, that's when McIntyre calls me. And he's like, hey, bro, um, can we talk? And I was like, Drew, what's up, man? You know, so we just talked and I literally just told Drew, no, I don't want to do it, man. Like, I'm out. Like, I'm done. Like, my mind was focused on other things and I was 
mentally ready to move on. You know what I mean? And then me and Drew started talking, and he's my buddy. That's that's like my brother. And he was like, dude, if you don't want to do it for them or do it anything, you know, do it for me. Will you please do it for me? And I'm just like, damn, man, are you going to throw that on me? And um, so he talked me into it, you know. I mean, that whole flight to Florida, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I get to Florida, the hotel, I don't want to do this. I'm having a beer with Drew, you know, in the in the hotel talking, and I'm just like, bro, I don't really know if I want to do this. He's like, dude, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. So then it was like one of those things, like we get there to the PC, one of the writers come up to me with a little sheet. I read it over. I looked at it, and I gave it back to him. He's like, oh, you can keep it. He's like, you can study it. I was like, there ain't no study, man. I'm going out there and saying what I want to say. I said, what's some bullet points that you want me to hit? And then I just saw, like, nervousness in his eyes. And... <laughs> And and then I just was like, listen, man, this is me and my brother going out there doing some shit. I said, I ain't going to ruin this. I said, this is probably the last time y'all ever going to see me. And, he was, and then the writer was like, no, we got you wrestling Dolph next week on Raw. And then we have you coming out at this, I forget the name of the pay-per-view they were having right after that. Like Dolph and him was going to work each other. And then I was just like, no, you don't. I said, I'm doing this one thing with Drew and I'm out. And they just was like, well, shit. Well, damn, like, we had this plan, this plan. I said, well, erase it. Like, find something else. Like, I'm just doing this skit with Drew, and I'm gone. And then that's when me and Drew was talking. I got, you know, pretty much what I wanted to say in my head, but they pretty much told me, hey, man, you got time. Just do your thing. So I, I kind of just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> and that's like whenever I got to come out there, me and Drew's there, that's just when real emotions just came out, like stuff that me and him actually did talk about. I, I wish they would have just kept some things in because we went for probably about 10 minutes on that promo, maybe longer. And like I said, like some deep, deep stuff that only me and him would understand, you know, to where – that's how I got a little teary-eyed, and he did too. But they they cut it out, and I'm like, damn, come on. I said, they, it was still good, you know, what they kept. But I just remember saying, man, they released me. I have one more shot to just show them a different side of how I really feel, and that's what I'm going to do. So that's why you saw all of us gathering around Gallows' house watching it that night because that was my very last time ever doing anything for the company at the moment. It was a good way to go out, man. It was kind of a nice, uh, I wouldn't say a full-on middle finger, but it was definitely a a flaccid middle finger kind of, you know. I'm sure if they didn't cut the stuff out because they were recording at that time, it would have been a a, a nice stiffer middle finger digit. But I don't think that was the middle finger. I think that was the me looking over my shoulder, smiling, looking them in the eyes, saying, you know, you see it, you know, you know. But the middle finger was when they offered me a contract again, and I said no. How'd that feel? Wonderful, actually. Felt really good, being honest. And being real, I had to go, man. Like, I never was going to quit. But um, it was just one of those things to where, you know, if any job, any man, any person does it for so long, so long, so long, and they – still have to stay at the level that they're at you kind of get burned out man and you know i know there's gonna be a lot of people be like oh you had the best job look at you bitching man shut the hell up because you don't know shit you don't know what i've been through you don't know what the hell i've been doing you don't know it's 15 years up there any of y'all had a job for that long huh 
You know what I mean? It pisses me off when people want to talk junk to me or about me for saying that I was burned out. Yes, it happens, people. It, it damn happens. All right. 15 years, though. That, that's, that, that's a, I mean, that's a career. That's no, I was 23 years old when they signed me. That's insane. I mean, it's, it's got to be, I mean, here, I, here, I just now in my head connecting this, but what, everything you just said reminds me of how I felt when I got out of the Army. I know it's right. going to piss off a lot of, you know, support the troops type people. Yeah, sure, yeah. support the troops, whatever. Uh, you know, the reason I joined the Army is because I couldn't make it in the real world. <laughs> you know, it wasn't uh, for some patriotic thing. It's like, wow, I can get college money? Great, yeah, support me. But it's, um, yeah. I remember, like, that last year, they just treated me terrible. Like, I was just like, what, what are you doing? Like, why am I, like, an asshole now? You know, everyone hates me in this new unit. And, yeah. and then I got out, and it felt so good. And because honestly, the army controls everything you do—eat, shit, sleep, all of that. You know, everything. And it's, you, it's funny you say that because that's what all of us say too. It's like, yeah, man, if you sign that contract, it's like signing yourself over to the army and marines. Man, they control it all. Yeah, it's you pretty crazy. No say. And I remember when they asked me to re-up, I was like, <laughs> not, not, a fucking, not a fucking chance, mister. No, 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 no. So I can completely relate with that feeling. I wasn't in for 15 years. I was in about half that much. But still, uh, yeah, that, that, that sense of freedom and, the, and that wonderment that's like, holy crap, I have a blank canvas in front of me. There's nothing but a, a horizon that I can just build whatever I want to on there. So. Yeah, congratulations on all of that. And, uh, I mean, you lasted 15 years in WWE. Name 10 people that can say they've done that nonstop. Yeah, very true. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is one of those, like, things where you look back, you're like, holy crap, bro, 15 years. Like, all my buddies, every one of them are just like, dude, like, shoot, you're 37. You was there for 15 years. You can always probably go back in a couple years, you know, this and that. And I was just like, you know what? It's a very well good possibility because I didn't burn no bridges, man. Like what I'm telling everyone here, like, you know, with you or with all these other interviews I do, I will tell every one of them this, you know, this is just how I've always been. You can even ask my buddies. I mean, they know they saw it, you know, um, but it's like, I told them up there, I'm like, man, I'm getting burned out. Like, you ain't doing shit with me. Like, if, if y'all want to do nothing, then just let me go. And they're like, hey, stop. You know, like, stop that. And I'm just like, well, come on. Like, I just want to be used. Like, even if I go out there, shake my hips, and you drop me, who cares? Like, let me be a part, you know? I just wanted to be a part, man. That was it. Just a part, not the part, not the biggest part. But if you need me in that role, I would deliver. But it was just like, I just wanted to be a part. And whenever you're not a part for so long and you just hear, no, 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 you just kind of just go away. Makes perfect sense. Um, nobody wants to be Barry Horowitz anymore, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to be the Brooklyn Brawler except for the Brooklyn Brawler. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in, in, in this day and age with the, the talent and the time that people like yourselves put into your career you want to be appreciated you want to be used you want to once in a while can i get a leading role you know like yeah, i've been making movies like, for 15 years you know I'm, I, I don't mind being the guy walking down the street you know being extra work but you can hire indie guys for that so for sure all right let's get away from all this damn seriousness i had a question that i wanted to ask you and it's uh it's it's a weird question so cardona and myers they've got this uh you know the major brothers toy hunting fig hunt and all that stuff gallows and anderson they have like the talking shop of mania you got wrestlers out there 
uh, recently released wrestlers making OnlyFans pages and uh, Twitch accounts and cameos and all this stuff. What is the thing, the non-wrestling thing, that's going to be your side hustle? Because, I mean, it seems like everyone has one. Brother, you know what? I'm still trying to figure that out. Maybe uh, exotic dancing or do a TV show with me. You know, it's... <laughs> I do. My exotic dancing skills are bar none the best. <laughs> uh, you can ask anybody when I have a few shots. Um, but honestly, I really don't know. Like me and my wife talked about it. Because like, my wife, you know, she teaches. She's doing good. Thank God over the years, I've just done very well with my money and just saved and invested right and lived below my means type deal so like I'm literally um, breathing man and like, but I don't want to I don't want to hold off too long until you know when people don't really care but it's like I kind of really believe like I mean I know you're going to be like I told you I told you this heat TV thing could be entertaining and awesome you know like I really believe that <laughs> I told you <laughs> I just don't know like the ways to go about it to where like like you know the whole planning all of this and planning all that and <laughs> you think I plan things <laughs> there, oh, there's no planning brother it's I mean you've seen what Bro, we do with gonna the get me in jail we're gonna be at you know <laughs> some fun park and oh yeah they said it was okay and I'm gonna go do it and then my kids gonna see me get arrested yeah that's called so ratings right happen? there. That's called ratings. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh. I mean, they, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> some, I, I've always hated to say it, but, you know, someone gets in a car crash or ends up in jail. It's like, wow, my ratings go through the roof. So, hell yeah, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know what my niche is yet. Like, like, you know, I got my, I'm setting up my little member, my, like, member billiard room to where, like, a lot of people has been wanting me to, like, join their podcast and stuff and do podcasts. To where, like, I think that can be fun, but, like, I don't know if there's, like, great money in that. Like, I don't know, because I want to still make money, you know? Well, there's so like, many a podcast now. I mean, goodness. There's so many. Like, it's not even funny how many there are. And then, you know, like, on the whole Twitch thing, like, everyone that I know uses Twitch for, like, video games and stuff. So, like, I don't even really know how to start that. Like, do I just do a Twitch account and just get on there and people watch me do things? Like... My kid, that? my son is 13, and he literally, he just started doing his own shows, but for half his life, he just watches people play video games, and I don't get it, man. Do your kids do that? I, Dude, my, my girls will literally get on YouTube, because like we have it like on our big screen TV, so we can see what they're watching, and they will literally watch kids play video games, but it's video games that they don't even have. I, I, I tell them all the time, I'll buy you the game. Dude, just... Yeah. Play it. I, I tell my I tell my kids the same way. I was like, but why do you watch it? And their answer is, I don't know. I said, turn it off. Turn it off. If you don't know why you're watching this, turn it off. And then they get mad at me. I'm just like, look, you ain't doing nothing. Like, be productive. Come I, outside and play. I had that same that same uh, outlook on it until I realized that I'm sitting here watching a YouTube show about a guy who sells RVs. I watch this son of a bitch every single day. What, sell RVs? He's selling RVs. It's Matt's RV review. Go watch it. It's this fat guy and his wife. They're just selling RVs. He's like, and they're, they're, because I like RVs. And so I'm like, I'm doing the same thing he's doing. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Yeah, there's a lot of uh, YouTube shows that I watch, and, and I'm like, well, I can't fault my kid for doing this anymore because he's just well, he's just doing what he wants to do, you know? Like, 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 even with YouTube TV or YouTube shows, YouTube channels, or whatever it is, how does that even work? Like, how do you even like get started with that? Like, do you just put it on there and then try to promote it, and people get on and stuff? Brother, I'm in a small-time television network compared to Netflix and Hulu, and I'm still trying to figure this shit out every single day. So I'm the wrong person to ask, probably. I just know. I'm the creative type. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. I'll get it done. It'll be a quality product, and then it'll be up to, you know, Heath has a name. You know what I mean? Heath can sell some stuff. I, uh, Brandon Bishop is like, who the fuck is that? But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, this, this, this collective effort between, because we've got shows with, you know, Lita and Eva Lise and Mike and Maria Bennett oh, and Gallows and, you know, all these different people. And if we get them all what together. Are doing, what, what are you doing with Mike and Maria? Like a family thing? Yeah, it's we spent, uh, God, like three days at their house uh, in yeah. up in Illinois and just filming them and the kids. And it's a, it's a touching little story about, you know, after that chapter after WWE and before, you know, I guess they went to Ring of Honor. And uh, great yeah. people, amazing kids. I love them to death. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of trust. For, oh, for real. For, uh, to someone to say, hey, come in here and tell our life story. You know, we're exactly. doing the same thing with Stephen Piercy from Rat. He's like, I want to tell my life story. And I'm like, I'm, the, I'm your guy, you know? <laughs> so, and, but I don't think something like that would be, uh, I mean, definitely elements of that with you. But I think maybe like a comedy show or a prank show or just uh, something funny and goofy because, uh, you know, with all due respect, you're a funny, goofy dude, you know? It's... <laughs> I mean, you know, I think that's like the heart of me, man. Everyone's always like, "Oh man, he's so funny and goofy and everything," but they don't realize I can just—I can put a whooping on someone's ass too, man. Well, you know? it'll be a funny, goofy whooping. I mean, if you were kicking you my ass, I'd be like, "God damn, he's awesome. He's a good guy." Wow, <laughs> he's beating the shit out of me, but I like this guy. Hit me harder, man. <laughs> yeah. Do do that thing you did again with the with the air guitar, right. yeah, and then kick me in the nuts. What the hell? Speaking uh, of nuts, though. Speaking of nuts, uh, how are yours? How how's the how's the Grundle regions, man? I I know you stretched uh, them out a little bit, and uh, what's going on down there? It's a good way to say it. Um, damn it, man. Yeah, I'm still like makes me mad. Uh, yeah, so you know, you know how you're frustrated in one business and you get in another one, and um, they're wanting to use you and do good things with you and put you over and all this fun stuff, and you're mentally ready, you're physically look ready, and like, damn it, it's your time. So that's so I thought anyway, and next thing you know, man, like my music hit. I'm about to go in there with like five sticks of dynamite and about to blow the damn roof off. And I slid in, hit my neck breaker, and it felt like someone stabbed me right in my daggone gut, man. And I'm just like, whoa, what is that type of pain? I've never had this. Um, so I, I get up, I hit my leg lariat, and I just fell to my face, man, like right to my face. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I pull myself up, and I'm like, damn it. So here comes Big Reno Scum. I hit him with a flying knee. And then, I mean, whoever got the picture, I don't know who it was down there on the floor, but there's a picture of me out there with me holding the top rope and looking down. And in my head, I'm like, I'm fucked. First thing that came to my head, like first thing I ever even remember thinking. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. 
So I remember turning around and Ace Ramon, like I had this other spot with him, eliminating him, getting Hawkins out, like or Myers out, and all these things. And next thing you know, man, like I just couldn't contribute. I couldn't move. I couldn't do it. Like I'm trying to get up, and it's just like it's not letting me. Like it, every time I move, it feels like someone is legit just twisting a knife in my gut, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So then that's when I just called the audible, man, and I was like, Rhino, you gotta go over, baby. <laughs> you and Sammy think of something. I'm getting out of here. Um, because like I'm not that guy that's just like oh I'm gonna win I'm gonna get put over this and that but then I can't contribute afterwards you know so that's not fair for me or for anyone else and it was just it was just that time of me just you know laying there being like dude like I've never felt this pain before in my life like there's something wrong and when I got to the hospital man they examined me and everything and the woman's like yeah you got a hernia I was like a hernia. She was like, she was like, yeah. I was like, a hernia hurts this bad. She's like, oh yeah, it can. So next thing you know, she's like pushing like where I felt the pain, and it's just hurting like hell. And I'm like, my goodness. She's like, yeah. She's like, you um probably have to see a hernia specialist when you get back home. This and that. She was like, um, you might need surgery. I was like, son of a bitch. So you know, crutches and dude, I I became like the color of the rainbow from my lower abdomen area all the way down to my pubes and you know my junk my left side my leg my knees my everywhere dude i was literally turning blue black purple yellow orange like it was weird which could Um, go with the Candyman gimmick right um so when i get back to charlotte like i call this attorney a specialist and he's like man i can't see until mid-december I'm like, yeah, I, I can't wait that long. Like, we got to do something about this. Thank God this lady in my life group named Jamie works there. So she pulled some strings for me and got me in like three days later. So I, I go in and I told the dude what the woman told me. I give him my scans and the guy's like, yeah, if you have a hernia, it's not one that you're going to need surgery for. I said, okay, then why in the hell do I look this way? He was like, you slightly tore your groin, and you ripped your abductor muscle off the bone. Oh. I know, and I said, son of a bitch, like, no. And then I was like, well, I need surgery. And he literally said, eh, I don't think so. And I'm like, what? And he, I guess he took it to his, like, surgeon, his people to look at, and they just was like, no, you'll be fine because once the abductor muscle is off the bone, you know, it will allow surgery. But they told me mine was, like, on and off, and it might be able to heal back maybe. But I don't know, but I heard that's not true, and maybe I just misheard them. But then it's, like, now where I'm at right now, like, January 15th is Impact's next taping. I want to be there. But Monday, in two days, I have to go back to a sports um, doctor, and he's going to examine me over again to see what really I need to do. So it's up in the air. I don't know. I'm just a little frustrated about it and just, I don't know. I'm just down a little bit, people. But um, don't worry. Every time I get down, I get back up. Nobody ever wants, uh, gentlemen, nobody ever wants anything bad happening in that region whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, no, that's just uh, a brutal. I'm like literally shriveled right now thinking about uh, some of the things that you just said. <laughs> bro, uh, bro, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was, uh, yeah, like I, shit, like, I can't even put it in words. I mean, it was literally like I couldn't even sit up. 
I couldn't roll over. I had to lay on my back the whole time, like ice. And this was for like, like 16 days, man, of me not being able to move. Like, I honestly like had to have like a, a cane beside of me, the crutch or something, you know, and walking with the crutch. Like, I honestly couldn't move. And if I did move, it was literally like old lady with a walker moving. Was it because of inactivity or was it just uh... – what was I mean? What was the reason? Do you think just a, a, a random incident? Well, I, that, yeah, that's that's the only thing I can think of. Like, I, dude, I hit the neck breaker, the leg lariat, and all those moves like almost every time I'm in the ring. And man, I hit it, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The only thing I can think of is the way that I landed. I landed like on my. It was either my right hip first. I didn't land flat. And I don't know if it just jarred it and switched it or and pulled it. I don't know. I just know when I hit the neck breaker, it felt like someone stabbed my ass. And I'm just yeah. like, yep, this ain't right. I've been lucky. I had 20 years on the independence. I never got hurt, believe it or not. <clears throat> and that's one of the reasons yeah. I'm so afraid to go back for that one more match. You know, it's because uh, I, I get these little promotions calling me all the time. Like, hey, you want to come out and do a thing? I'm like, yes, I do. But no. Because I'm, af- I'm afraid, like, something's just going to pop, you know? Like, you don't belong in here anymore, old man. Like, what are you doing here? Get the hell out of here. But you're not you're not the old man yet, so, I mean, it's uh, – that sucks. What is it uh, – how was the uh, – put over your wife, basically, because I know she's going to – if you're sitting there with an ice pack on your on your grundles, it's uh, – <laughs> she's her, her workload goes up a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 she's uh, she's amazing. Like, I mean, if you ever met her, everyone loves her. Like, she's just she's just a hell of a woman. She thinks about everyone before herself. Like, she's always been just like, and I've known her since she was fifteen years old, and I was seventeen. So she's always had like a heart of gold and just a lovely person. You know, all in all, but um, but no, she's you know, if I need ice, she'd help me. You know, but then again, you know, she would still have to go to work, you know, and then, I mean, that's like times where like we, we usually have this routine to where, you know, 630 in the morning when there's school, I'll get up, go downstairs, make the lunch, make the breakfast. She's upstairs getting girls ready, combing their hair and all this stuff. So we have like a good routine. But, you know, for like so many days, I couldn't do that. And then I, I would try to help. But, you know, I'd be sleeping on the couch because I wouldn't want to walk up my steps. So I would try to get up and, you know, start breakfast and start packing. And the staff's like, man, sit your ass down. <laughs> so, like, she, yeah, she's, um, she's a home run hitter, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, brother, I, I, this has been the, 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 the longest 10-minute interview I've ever done. Yeah, you owe me 200 bucks now, man. Uh, pay, you got PayPal and Venmo, right? Yeah, you send it. Yeah, keep checking that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I greatly appreciate you uh, talking to me, man. And I hope to see you again. And, you know, I'm half-heartedly joking around about the Heath stuff, but I'm 100% serious at the same time. So um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm making it a run-on gag, but that's how I deal with serious stuff because I don't know how to be serious, like especially with stuff like that. So. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep sending you a little uh, <laughs> pictures of. I sent you a picture of a Heath bar on top of a pack of Miller Lite. I don't know if you remember that or not, but uh, I saw it. I, I keep seeing signs that we should do this show, and there, there it was. So it's either you're seeing signs or you're wanting. To oh no, no, that, that was just sitting there. I promise you. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
really thought you had me there for a second. Then I'm like, hold on a minute. You're not going to get me. <laughs> right. Hey, man, I sure I sure appreciate it, man. And uh, hopefully we, we can meet up soon and uh, talk about this whole thing. Damn right, baby. But thank you for having me. That was Heath. Call him what you want to call him, but he's an awesome dude, man. Uh, like I said, that you know, I, I don't want to sound like I have a man crush or anything, but uh, I, I totally do. Totally. Absolutely totally do. Lights up a room. Uh, always fun to hang out with and uh, really hope that we can get on some kind of a page and figure something out for him to do with the side TV because that's the kind of people I want involved. People like Stephen Piercy. People like Heath. People like, you know, the good brother. I mean... And all the people that we have already, and and so many more. Like I said, you never know where these breadcrumbs are going to lead. I met Heath when we were filming the Good Brothers show, and we may meet somebody, you know, when we're filming with Stephen Piercy and go do another show with them. It's just constantly growing and growing and growing, and it's the most fun part of what I do is getting to tell these stories and uh, feature these personalities that a lot of times would never get to be featured. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. It's a really great responsibility. I think we do a good job. I'm thriving with it. And um, it, it's, it's just fun. It's better than answering phones for a cable company. It's better than, you know, digging a hole somewhere. I mean, we all need ditch diggers and we all need people to uh, figure out why my internet's not working. But at the same time, that's just not personally what I can do. I've done that stuff before. It wasn't fun then and I can't imagine ever going back to it. Oh, geez. But yeah, Heath, man, the Heath show, it's got to happen. Heath's house, whatever we're going to call it, it's got to freaking happen. Now, I meant for that, both of these interviews, I meant for them to be around 10, 15 minutes long. That one was like 45 minutes long. Stephen Piercy was almost a half an hour. So if you're still with us and you're actually listening to all of this, um, high five, man, <laughs> like COVID high five, six feet apart, bam. I still have like Two or three different... I'm going to cut this down. I I do want to go to this little segment here um, because it does kind of feature some things that I want you to check out. So here's a brand new segment on the podcast called... uh, What the hell are we calling this? (laughs) Oh, the top four... (laughs) Shit. I'm just... Honestly, my throat's going out, man. I've been talking for hours and hours straight. And... um, yeah, <laughs> so this segment is called the top four list of awesome whatever. <laughs> I think that's what I call it. Shit. It's a top four list of awesome whatever. Yeah. Thank you, James Hetfield, for that sound bite. Yes, that was legitimately James Hetfield. Well, you can call my bullshit if you want to. I'm lying to you, but... You don't know the difference? Hell, I had Stephen Piercy on today. We had Heath on today. I don't know who we're going to have on. I don't even know how often I'm going to do these things. Once a week? Will I do it once a month? I don't know. I have no idea. And that's actually good. Because I don't want to know. So anyways, I'm not doing a top three list. I'm not doing a top five list because that's just too common. You see top three, five, ten lists all the time. But you never see a top four list, do you? No, no, you don't. So now you do. It's on the Brandon Bishop podcast, the top four list of awesome whatever. And uh, it came from a question that you sent me. And it was, what are your top four shows? Actually, they said top five, but I'm not doing that top five bullshit. I told you I'm not dealing with it. Top four shows that you watch on YouTube. Now, I used to make fun of my kid, like I told uh, Heath 
for making watching endless YouTube, and he still does. And now he does his own YouTube stuff and Twitch stuff, and I'm proud of him. You can look him up at BB Oxmouser with two R's, B-B-O-X-M-O-W-Z-E-R-R on Twitch. Hit the follow button if you don't mind. Support my kid's endeavors. I would support your kid if he was doing anything, but he's not. Oh, hey, kitty, you're back. She's literally just staring at me and meowing. You threw up on my face last night, Kat. I'm not, this morning. I'm not happy with you whatsoever. You gave me a dream about Donald Trump's toilet, and I'm pretty pissed off at you. Now, you're not meowing through the whole goddamn podcast. You sit there, you shut up, you go eat your little snacks, do whatever you do, go take a shit in a box and leave me alone. Thought so. All right. So, the top four shows that I watch, and I'm not going to do them in any particular order, or maybe I will. Number four. <laughs> I was recently obsessed, maybe on my last podcast you would have heard me talk about this probably a lot, about living full-time in an RV, like a Class C RV, you know, plenty of room, and I have a kitchen, bathroom, all that stuff in there. I still watch, I don't want to do that anymore, because honestly, I spent the night in one, and I was like, I hate this. Now, I could do it on, I still would like to get one, maybe even like a smaller, like a van, I could be the creepy guy in a van, I'm cool with that. Deck it out inside to where it's comfortable so I can do road trips when I'm filming for a Psy TV and it just I don't have to get a hotel. I don't have to give the Marriott brand any more of my goddamn money at the Fairfield or the Springs Hill or the whatever else hotels they've got. Marriott owns us at this point. Yeah, I agree, Kitty. But um, I still watch this guy. It's Matt's RV Review. If you like RVs at all, it's this fat guy and his wife. They're just goofy. It's like terrible production. They just talk about the latest and greatest RVs, class A's, class C's, class B's. They got a new show about trailer pulled ones and all that stuff. I like that show. So at number four, Matt's RV review. Number three, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Mr. Ballen. If, if you don't watch Mr. Ballen, B-A-L-L-E-N, go watch it. It's just this ex-army guy or something or ex-marine, whatever he is. Uh, sitting in front of a green screen with weird images in the background, and he's just telling scary stories. I, For some reason, I love this. I don't know why, but I've watched every single one of his in the last year, and it's just him telling creepy stories. Like Sometimes they're different themes and stuff like that, but uh, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. I'm actually going to have... I just thought of another one that I did not write down. Uh, anyways, number uh, two, there may be a, a tie... <laughs> for number one. No, I'll say there's a tie for number two because number one's going to be very selfish. Um, no, damn it. I can't do a top four, man. I have like six, but I have to mention them all. So, okay. So tied for number three. This is getting annoying. I know. I'm sorry. Tied for number three will be um, <laughs> another thing that helps me sleep at night. And there's tons of these out there. It's not any particular channel. Type in storms at night. And all it is is a camera sitting still filming a storm with the sounds of the rain and the thunder. And sometimes you can get it with a completely dark screen. And that shit, you know, with the CBD stuff, that shit knocks me out. And I love watching it. I watch it every single night. Usually I go to bed around, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'll stick that on and I'll lay down and I just list, fall asleep listening to storms. So, yeah, that's one of the things that I watch every single day on YouTube. What else do we got here? Um, okay, tied for number two. 
I'm screwing this all up, brother. Um, there's a show called Van City Van Life. It's this guy. He's from Vancouver. He travels all around uh, uh, Canada. His name's Chrome. He's got a dog named Cruz the Dog. I freaking love this. I don't know why, but he's a very positive guy. He lives in his van. He's lived there for three years. He's an ex-DJ or something. And I just watched this show, Van City Van Life with Chrome and Cruzy Dog. I'm telling you, if you watch it a couple times, you'll watch it probably until it goes off the air. It's just that kind of a thing. Uh, for three years, he's been doing daily videos for three years. And it's insane. Just sometimes they're extremely boring. <laughs> I mean, really boring. But I'll still watch the damn thing. Um, let me see. Tied for number two. There's no order anymore. I'm giving you top six, so maybe I'll change it to the top six. Uh, Trent and Allie. If you don't know anything about Trent and Allie, I started watching them, of course, when I was talking, thinking about living in an RV, and that's really how I got into a lot of these episodes and a lot of these different shows. Um, they were traveling all over the world in a van. They lived together. Allie's super hot. Trent's cool as shit. And uh, they're both cool as shit. And I mean, objectifying anybody by saying they're super hot, but she is. Um... And they just, they lived in a van. They traveled all over South America, just everywhere. And all these beautiful sceneries, and they do such a good job with production. And then COVID hit, and they had all this struggle to get back to the United States. And then they helped out their parent, his, his mom in Utah, and now they're building a house out in the mountains. It's just this nonstop, beautiful little thing between these two people that obviously love each other very much. And they're inspiring to me. I like positive things. It's not all negative for me. I really like it. I just like them. I like their interaction. I like that they're young people doing things and uh, living the life that they want to live. That's what I strive to do myself, even at my age at 47. And I, I beg you, I'm begging you all to just follow you know, their lead. And if you're not happy with what you're doing in any possible way, figure out what makes you happy and don't let anybody stop you from getting there. So um, yeah, Trent and Allie, I... If you're going to watch it, start from like two years ago or three years ago and then get caught up because uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful story. It really is. It's a beautiful, beautiful story, and I don't see it ending anytime soon. But the number one thing that you should watch on YouTube, and we just did a new episode of it. It's called The Top Five with Brandon and Brandon. Yes, I told you I was going to be selfish. I was selfish by playing my music. Now I'm going to be selfish by saying I have the best YouTube show. I also have a lot of YouTube shows. I do. If you go to the life of Brandon... Uh, YouTube page, look it up, Life of Brandon. It's a play on Life of Brian from Monty Python, whatever. You probably already got that. If you didn't, then we're probably not really good friends. Uh, Life of Brandon, you'll see the top five with Brandon and Brandon. Now, the last episode I did was really special because um, my daughter, which I just found out about a couple years ago, uh, came out and she was here. We did a top five together. We did beef jerky and seltzers. It was, <laughs> it was funny, but we do all kinds of stuff. We just eat uh, food and... Um, we rate like the top five brands and then we rank them ourselves and you know, it's five's good. One's bad. It's simple, but it's just us goofing around on camera. It's something fun. I get to do with my kid. I'm all we, or my kids now. And, um, hopefully Charlotte comes back out and that's my daughter. Um, that's another story. Actually, I'm saving that. I was going to talk more about that because that's the biggest thing that's happened to me this year so far. And, uh, but I want her on the show and hopefully, uh, she'll listen to this and, uh, yeah, she'll be all game for it. If she does the top five where we get to eat beef jerky and different flavored seltzers, then uh, I think she'll do the podcast as well. She's beautiful. She's amazing. I can't 
imagine her looking any more like me and acting any more like me. We are very, very similar people, and it's really weird. She's 25 years old, and it's funny how life can uh, just drop bombs on you. You look like you could use a happy ending. (laughs) Of all the new sound bites, that's my favorite. (laughs) And yes, that's me, okay? I'm sorry if you're offended by that. I thought it was funny, and I still think it's funny. I think it's the best sound bite on the show. Got a problem? No, didn't think so. Want to take it up? You want to fight? No, that's not what this segment's about. No, this segment's not about fighting and arguing and being offended. No, this is the happy ending where I try to, you know, tell you what I'm grateful for and try to convince you to be grateful a little bit for what you have. If you don't have much, I don't have much. I got a lot of Funko Pops. I got a great family, but, um, and I guess that's a lot. So I don't know why I put Funko Pops above my family. I don't know why I just did that, but... Maybe that's telling myself something subliminally or the fact that I'm just staring at hundreds of them right now. (sighs) Anyways, I'm a very grateful person and I look around every day and I go, no matter how aggravating something is, no matter how frustrating, no matter how downright stupid some things are or some people are, or, you know, you watch the news for five minutes and you're just like, oh God, everyone's dying and, you know, all these people can't... handle losing an election and we're going to have a civil war, if not violent, then just ideal, idealically, idealically, is that a weird, and even if it's not, you get the point. I'm just like, you have to look around and be like, well, my son's in the other room, completely healthy. He's playing a video game because we can afford internet. He's got a roof over his head. He doesn't have to go through, you know, not at least right now, some of the crap that, you know, a lot of us have gone through. Uh, my mom, I talk to every single day and I know I I said this stuff earlier, but I'm very grateful for that stuff. I'm very grateful to have a career that I created with my own brain and my own hands and my own talents and the talents of other people that have attached themselves to it. I'm grateful for every single one of them. I'm grateful for the people I spoke to today on the phone for taking the time out of their lives to, you know, talk to you through me. I'm, I'm grateful for, for a $17,000 Funko Pop collection. Why wouldn't I be? It's fun for me. It's something that puts a smile on my face. I'm grateful that I'm able to have a smile on my face. I'm grateful every time I'm hiking up a mountain. I'm grateful that I just got another text messages, even though I turned the damn things off. I'm grateful to have that technology, even though it keeps beeping and they won't stop. <laughs> Please stop. Oh, this person knows I'm, I'm text. I'm working to stop. Oh, please. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, but I'm grateful to have that person as a friend. I'm grateful. My mom just texted me as well. I'm grateful. Like I said, for my mom, I'm grateful for uh, just life right now. I've said this a million times, and I may end off every podcast that we do from here on out with the same saying. If you're lucky, we only get 80-some-odd years to play on this little floating blue water-covered rock. We're floating in an endless, endless universe that we know nothing about. (laughs) Nothing you're upset about really matters, does it? Nothing you're pissed off about, nothing that you think is life-changing matters. Pull your head out of your ass. Realize what you have to be grateful for. Yes, you may lose kids. You may lose a loved one. But you know what? In the end, 
It's just life, man. I've lost so many people this year, good friends, not just from COVID, from a lot of different things. And I hate it. I hate it every single time I hear it. But I got to carry on, man. My kid needs me, man. There's people that need me. There's people that need you. So when you're speeding down the road in a 35 doing 70, maybe you should think to yourself, maybe I shouldn't do this. Nothing I'm doing is that important. I'm not that important. Why am I putting all these people in danger, cutting their 80 years short? Possibly. When you're thumping your shitty bass music outside of people's windows when they're trying to sleep, maybe think a little bit. Yeah, they probably don't want me to do that. When you're smoking outside of an entrance to a business or somebody's house or apartment building or whatever, maybe think, yeah, these people probably don't want lung cancer and can't stand the smell of this nasty shit. Maybe I should go across the street. It's little stuff, man. It's the little stuff that either drives you crazy or it gets you by. So think about that, man. You're not important. Neither am I. None of us are important. In the grand scheme of the universe, none of us are important. So with that, (laughs) was that a happy ending? I don't know. (laughs) But I want you to appreciate what you have. Just appreciate it. Just live in the moment. Do what you need to do. Don't let nothing stop you from doing it. And stop pissing other people off for no reason because you're selfish. Treat people like you want to be treated. Respect people. Don't be disrespectful. It's it's the end of the world for people like me. When I get disrespected, I turn into mega bitch. I want to kill somebody when I get disrespected. When someone blows smoke in my face or someone cuts me off in the freeway, I have anger problems. Normally, I'm the most calm, collective person you'll ever meet. But then there's that, yeah. (laughs) And we all have it, man. We all have it. But it doesn't need to happen. This doesn't need to happen. I just flicked myself in the earphone and it was so loud. Oh, boy. Okay, now I have a headache. Anyways. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on the Brandovich Podcast. And uh, this has been a fun one, man. Like I said, I'm not sure when we're going to do another one. But when we do, I'm going to try to top this one, which is going to be really hard. But um, it all boils down to uh, if you listen. If you listen, I'll keep doing them. If you don't, well, then (laughs) I won't. (laughs) It's simple as that. See you next time. Or or you'll hear me next time. And I look forward to it. Uh, Get us ITV. Do all that stuff. Love you. Bye.